If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. <laughs> we are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. Okay, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're not driving, please go rate and review the podcast. It is tremendous help. It helps us spread out to new audiences and people who may not have discovered the podcast yet. I have raved and raved about Ranchan and Solar Lighting. Um, I think probably one of the most special things about the company is for sure Ayla Lawson. She is a fr- absolutely a friend by all qualifications. Uh, Lacey and I were giggling when her Lacey and I talked to her on the phone and we get done. It's always like, okay, love you. Love you too. <laughs> She's a, she is a little fireball. I have so enjoyed getting to know her, but um, this week, there's a new release date. It's Labor Day weekend for the stadium lights. If you guys haven't seen the stadium lights, you guys absolutely have to check them out. You know, we've said all along that um, the Rantan solar lights are like looking at your arena with your phone turned to half brightness. They're completely functional, but they're not stadium lights. This changes everything. You can see them in person at the J2X Tennessee Special in Cleveland, Tennessee, the Aquinity Platinum Medal for Charity at the Lazy E, the ANHA Shootout in Waco, stadium quality lighting, you guys. Arena jackpot use approved. So one of the things they've said is, um, you know, it's not jackpot lights. That's all changed now. All inclusive kits, poles, hardware in one box. They're manufactured and assembled in Texas. Check them out at 979-551-1383. But back to Ayla, I'm telling you, she's doing big things. Uh, Every time I talk to her, she is walking into or out of a meeting with just the game changers in our industry. She is so fun. Our, Our bonus episode is the longest one we've ever done. Um, you know, if you've listened to any of the bonus content, it's just stupid questions back and forth. This one took on a whole new life of its own. I think it went for like 20 minutes. So, uh, so excited to have her on the, on the podcast. She's just such a special person. Um, we recorded this a while back and so for it to line up perfectly with the release of the stadium lights is, is serendipitous. Um, anyway, I'm excited for you guys to check it out. I'm excited for you guys to get to know the, the wizard behind Oz that is uh, ranch and solar lighting. Check it out. It is a new day flatbed podcast let me tell you what i'm doing to tell you how it affects you we are going into basically our second season we're not calling it a season because i don't even know why you would do that i mean we're into our second year that's all that means we're adding a subscription option what that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode with every guest we're asking stupid questions we're going completely off script we're just going according to what we think would be funny um it's just bonus content and what i what i found is you get a little, a little better look into the person that's on the on the podcast. Instead of being stiff or formal, um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio. Uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr. Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does: by helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go? to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, and I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but 
you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas. So, um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is honestly, even if it was doing nothing but funding my rockstar recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, a dollar 25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The Flatbed Podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality, it's brought to you by other people. In the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast, there are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. I know you've heard me talk about uh, Aquinity products. Uh, the thing that stands out to me about Aquinity is this, for my uneducated brain. It promotes the health of the pituitary gland, and the pituitary gland is what heals the body. So instead of putting in a bunch of foreign substances trying to create synthetics, what it does is it goes in and promotes the natural health of the body. Um, we're excited about people like Trevor and Miles and Jordan Briggs and the people that are standing behind these products, Tyler Wade. There's so many people that are seeing the benefits. It improves muscle support for strength and recovery, stronger collagen, healthier coats and bones, uh, maximizes performance with cell regeneration and increases focus and more response. How does it do that? It does that by promoting the things that make your horse healthy. John Dowdy and his gang are great guys. I would love if, if you see them out somewhere, I know for a fact they'd love if you came and introduced yourself. The 30-day challenge where you get to take pictures of before and after, that's important so that you can see the results. So check them out, teamaquinity.com. We are starting. I like podcasts that start, and you just get this feeling like this conversation could go literally anywhere. Ayla Lawson. Good morning. With? Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems. So we've run some ads, right? Yep. We get calls. We get asked about this stuff all the time. There is, I'm going to tell you right now, before we even start, people have absolutely no idea because I had no idea what this thing is. Well, and it's funny you say that because there's one literally a street over from you and you never even. Well, we were, we were touring around the neighborhood yesterday. People just context real quick. Flew out yesterday. We hung out yesterday. We looked around Arizona. We're doing the same thing today. Um, because I needed, I just needed to understand. You knew I needed to understand yes. what it is you guys do, how it works, how much of an impact this thing has, stands to have. It's so, more of a how we can help, right? That's the impact or not. It's more of how can I help you get the light you need affordably? Right. right? That's, that's the real kicker at the end of the day. Anybody can go light their arena for 50 grand. But how do you get light like you were talking about yesterday? In those places you don't even realize, you've learned to live in the dark, so you don't even realize maybe... It's it's a problem, people, I, sw- I swear, I sw- the, it, it, ironically, the lights are coming on for me in this, because it's like people have just gotten used to having places that are dark or hard to get around or that they have to use their phone flashlight and yeah. stuff like that, and so it's not even on their radar. You see how easy it is to put up a solar light that is super bright, and they go, why, why have I been living like this? This is, it's a problem that's solvable. 
you know, in my mind, I think I've been thinking like arena lights because it's hot, you know, trying to have a way that we can row up after dark and all the things that we've talked about. Yeah. To me, that's like one one thousandth of what this whole company is capable of. So that was the problem you were looking to solve when you found us, right? Right. That you were looking for a way to ride your horses in Arizona in the middle of summer and get the job that you need to do done. Right. And so you found us for arena light. So your head automatically goes to arena light, arena light, arena light, arena light. It's our job to help everybody else. We, as an example, we pulled into Rancho Rio yesterday and I'm thinking, here I am again, I'm thinking arena lights. What do they have for arena lights? You know, like I'm this is how singular I've been on it. We're not even in through the entrance. And you say, why don't they have lights there? And I go, what? And you go, right there. That's a dark, like you're already, you're already looking. It's daytime. Yeah. You're already looking at big gaps of places without lights. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. What about right there? And you're pointing to things and I'm all of a sudden I'm going, oh, wait a minute. This is not, this is not what I th- thought. This is so much more. We're talking loading pins. We're talking like that place where you park your trailer when you get home every night. Driveway entrances, driveways. So Rancho Rio is a really good example, right? We came down the hill and I went, there's no light here. Why is this entrance dark? Because my understanding of Rancho Rio, keeping in mind I'm not a team roping human being, so I've never been to Wickenburg before. It comes, you come down that hill and there's no lights anywhere along that main drive. So you're pulling in at two o'clock in the morning because that's when you happen to be there. There's nothing. Well, and, and again, you think, well, okay, if I traditionally, if I was going to put all this lighting out here, yeah. think of how much cable I'm going to have to run, how much conduit I'm going to have to bury. I'm going to have to dig a trench. I'm going to have to run a panel. Like pretty soon it's just easier to live in the dark. Yeah. Like, uh, but, but if it's solar real quick, so, so real quick, I want to walk, I want to, here's been my experience. The lights that I got, yep. I'm not real mechanical. Okay. I'm not super technical. So there's always this fear of like, there's going to be some sort of an assembly process and I'm somehow going to screw it up and I'm going to end up with just a pile of brand new junk that, because I'm dumb, don't know how to put it together. And it was not that at all. Right. It connects your, your, what is, what's the bracket? What do you call the whole assembly? So it's a ranch hand solar lighting system. The system's going to include your light. So take that away because that's not what you're talking about right now. You're talking about the pole system, mm-hmm. right? So it's a 14 and a half foot pole, a lowering hinge which is the cool part about it, and then a bracket and mounting hardware to mount either a wood fence, pipe fence, corral panel. Pause. So people who are like, solar sucks, it's never bright enough. One of the things you said yesterday that made so much sense to me was you have to clean your solar panel off. Yeah. It gets dirty. Yeah, solar doesn't suck anymore. So its absorption goes down. Yeah. But if it's 14 feet in the air and somebody's got a dirty solar panel, what are they going to do? Climb in the bucket of their tractor, send their kid up a ladder. Any of those things. I can. St- I understand why a solar option starts to feel like a pain because people are like, yeah, you get it up there and it gets dirty and then it gets dim and then pretty soon it's not even useful. Yeah. So you have to be able to bring that pull to you. So you've got an elbow right yep. there at the base. You've got a little Allen wrench. You loosen it. Yep. That thing comes down to you. Take Easily, a towel. Right. I'm, wipe it off. I'm five foot nothing. Weigh 100 pounds soaking wet. I can do it. See? Right? So I, your story, I want to get to your story, but I just, I want to make sure that people understand this is not at all what I even realized. This is such a, like this, I, I, boat docks. I know that there was always this place as a kid, like you're trying to back your trailer in, how close am I to the building? Yeah. Um, you know, lights over where you're saddling because not everybody's got a barn and a tack room with lights. No. There are a lot of people that are just saddling out next, next to their trailer. Do they have enough lights on their trailer? They, everywhere that people have gotten used to thinking of things as being dark, there is the potential to have a light. There is. And that, and that's the thing that I love about this product. It's so versatile. You could literally put it anywhere. 
because it bends and it comes down to you and it takes 15 minutes to install. You were telling me yesterday the first one you did took you 30 minutes, and then after that it was, what, four minutes a light pole? The only reason it took, the first one took 30 minutes is we were trying to figure out which Allen wrenches went where, what tools we were going to have. Yep. I got a whole pile of tools out there because I didn't know what I was expecting. We get out there. Once I figured out what size Allen wrenches, then yep. it was easy. We were off to the races. It was like a five, ten minute thing in there. I mean, we put up sixteen of them. Yeah. And it was nothing once I knew what what it was going to take. But had you, and I and I mean this with all kindness. Had you no, really you read? Don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you mean this with all no, sarcasm? I, I really do. I mean, one hundred percent sarcastic. <laughs> had you actually looked at the instructions? The instructions tell you exactly what size Allen wrench you need. There's two. This is how mechanical I am, Ayla. <laughs> I would have looked at that and I would have gone, I don't know what size that is anyway. So I'm just going to go through each little Allen wrench until I find the, oh, there's the one. I, I, but the nifty thing about Allen wrenches is they have the size on them. You just have to look at the tool in your hand. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure the one I got was for like a bunk bed we built somewhere. And I think my Allen wrench came straight from maybe like Thailand or something. You like, got an Ikea Allen wrench with your Ikea assembly kit thank type you. situation. Thank you, but yeah. I had one. But my point was they, they went up fast. Yeah. But again, again, even doing that, Arena Lights. And you said when we first got in contact, you were one of the only, maybe the only company that I cold called and begged, like what you guys are doing makes sense for my life. Because for me, summer, they're Arena Lights. Yeah. But in the winter, we've got show horses. We've got horses that have to keep lights off of them. Those lights, each of them have timers. Yeah. So I can take those lights down, same Allen wrench from Ikea, <laughs> take them down, put them over my stalls that aren't under the barn. Now I'm able to keep lights over the horses that are going to be out trying to keep hair off of them for shows or sales or whatever. Keep your breeding, breeding mares in cycle, that kind of situation, yeah. Without, if I would have spent, which I didn't, I mean, it wasn't an option anyway, but had I spent 50000 I would have had to put up lights at a lease place because we're leasing the place right across from us for the summer. So you're wasting your money because you're going to move. It's right? gone. Yeah. Our electric bill goes up by a lot. Five to $700 a month on average, and that's for the new LED lights to light an arena. And then I've got to go back and do it again if I want lights over my stalls, if I want lights over my parking lot, if I want to take my place and make it lit up and usable. Yeah. I've got a whole nother electrical system, which, by the way, also more electric bill. Now I've got lights I can put up over here for the summer when the days are long, hair stays off the horses. Yeah. Take them down and use them again. It's, it, is, it is a genius business model. Thank you. You know, that was the goal. We wanted to be able to – so my goal at the end of the day was really to be able to help everybody have – quality riding light in their backyard, right? That was, that was the whole goal. Um, I myself needed to light my own arena at home. The cheapest quote I got was 25 grand, do it. And I went, are you kidding me? There has to be a more affordable option out there. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I hunted. There wasn't. And we tried it. I mean, we tried everything to find an affordable solution. There just wasn't one. And I went, who has the money really at the end of the day to blow and keep in mind the 25 grand was pre-COVID. So right. that 25 grand is now 40. Yeah, everything's doubled. And, you know, there, wa there wasn't an option. So we already manufacture light poles for offshore oil and gas safety lighting poles, the lowering hinge that comes down to you so you can change a light bulb at ground level by yourself. And I went, well, we already make the poles. So all we need to do at this point in time is get a light. That's, I, I love when there's things like that. There's so many things that NASA has actually built thinking of a space use yeah, that they go, Oh, wait a minute. This would also you work at home Depot, like, uh, electric battery power drills, things like that, that were really, uh, created intended for something different. And then they get repurposed and they just sell the fire out of them. What you're talking about the gas and oil use. There's a great use for that. Change out the light bulbs. I got it. You put that in an arena with solar. So now you can keep your solar clean, keep them bright. Yeah. 
And you don't have to do it often, right? But that's a really educational thing for people. You need to clean your solar panel, whether it's on your the roof of your house, on our lights, on your front gate opener that's solar powered. You need to wipe down that panel every now and then. Right. And so people make the assumption, you know, a year or two years in, man, solar really sucks because it doesn't work. It's, it's just stopped working two years in. No, no, just clean your solar panel. We don't have to say names. doesn't matter who, but we talked to somebody yesterday. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yep. Who's a smart person mm-hmm. who is very well connected and is a like a tremendous business-minded person. Absolutely, yeah. Who said, we tried solar, but guess where they went? They, yeah, they bought the $40, $50 lights off of Amazon, and they stopped working. a terrible working. experience. Yeah, horrible. So that's, I think that's when you hear people say solar sucks, because when we started talking solar, like on the commercials and stuff with this, yeah. people are like, oh, is that enough? Like, I think in people's minds, solar is like this dull yellow, barely bright enough to walk under thing that you see on a streetlight, maybe. Yes, it's a great idea because there's no electric bill. Maybe it's an easy install, but is it bright enough? And, and their that experience used to be the case. And their right? experience is based on, yeah. well, I found something on Amazon, 40 bucks didn't really work. Yeah. And so... Or it's based on something they bought five years ago when technology has developed and come so far, night and day, no pun intended, right? Yeah. But five years ago to now. Um, John Johnson, NTRL, is one of those guys. He had a watch that somehow magically was solar-powered. I'm not quite sure how, but he a had a... solar-powered watch? Yes. It was really cool idea. It didn't work. Right? And that was his story. People don't trust solar. I don't... It doesn't hurt my feelings when people tell me that, right? My job is to educate you on the difference between then and now. Well, and that's, that's so much harder than starting from zero because if somebody had a bad experience, now yeah. you're starting from negative. You've yeah. got to work even further to get them to a place where they'll consider it. Well, and I'd say 50% of our clients are people that have bought lights off of Amazon, lights off of whatever website it is. And yeah, okay, the lights were great for six months, maybe a year, but then they crap out on them and now they're mad. Right. I understand it because you've worked hard for your money. You went and you bought this thing that you thought would work. It didn't work the way you thought it would. And then you have the problem there with you have no customer support, you have no customer service, it's not in the United States, you don't know who you're going to talk to when you talk to them, and there's no way to get Yeah, what are you going to do? You buy something off Amazon and you don't like it, who do you call? You're not talking to a person. Like, you might be talking to a factory recording machine in a country somewhere that you have, like, what are you going to do? What's your enforcement? Right? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Like, this thing sucks. Give it a bad review, maybe? Yeah, and and that's what you end up doing, right? And for us, we're a little bit different because we have um, Xanthia, who's in the office, who's our technical support, customer service, and she picks up that phone. And if she's not picking up your phone call, it's because she's on the phone with somebody else. Yeah, it's an actual person. She takes the time to walk you through, here's how you'd work the remote. Here's how you do this. You know, she really goes out of her way to make sure that the customer understands and is happy. Yeah. So when when we first talked, the first thing you said was, hey, let me warn you, these are not stadium lighting. Like if you go to like a Friday night football game and you see it's just like daylight and you can see all the way to the school from the football field, you said this is not that. Yep. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Teaser. <Yeah. laughs> what it is designed to do is allow you to get work done. The work that you need to do at home, right? right? You don't need at your home, in your own backyard, nine times out of ten, you don't need stadium quality lighting. Um, you know, rainers and cutters, you need certain light so that you can see your cattle, so that you can slide, so that you can spin, so you can work your patterns. Um, you need to be able to go in, cut a cow out, make sure you can tell what number cow it is you're going to go get if your cows are numbered at home, that type of situation. Team ropers, you need to be able to see on the heel side, uh, barrel racers, I mean, those girls just run with a headlight, so, you know, one of our lights does the trick. Dude, so. if you're out there, listen, if you're out there and you're running in a headlight, good for you. I, I wish those people absolutely nothing but the best. Can you imagine? I can. And these girls, some of these barrel girls are, 
I, I call them crazy, but I mean it in a good way. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. things like they're abs- crazy, the ambitious, crazy, do, motivated. Yeah. The things they do to get what they're trying to to get their goals accomplished always blows my mind. I can't tell you. You asked me yesterday when I said the headlight thing, you went, is that real? Yeah. I, yeah, I good for them. Yeah. It's a hundred percent real. Just they, out there looking like a cave worker, just doing their thing on their horse. And imagine their horse can't see. Right. So that horse now has to really trust the rider. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because there's no other option. Well, so we went through it last night after dark. We went by and looked at the lights. And and here's what I didn't also understand or appreciate. Yeah. The relationship lights have to each other. Yes. Because there was a couple lights. We turned this like there's 16 of them up. Yeah. We turned this one off. How big is your arena? The 16 numbers. Oh, uh, it's like a it's like 280 by 160. Yeah. So you have a pretty decent sized arena. Yeah. And there's 16 total lights in that arena. 16 total yep. lights. It is bright enough. You, I've ridden in it. You can go ride. Like it is absolutely functional to go ride. There are certain places it's brighter. There are certain places it's a little darker. But yeah. you said like the challenge you guys found was there's a little trough down the middle of the arena mm-hmm. that no other event has. Just team roping. That is specific team roping is the to the only team roping industry. That has like the well, the way I described it was like shallow waters at the edges, deep waters in the middle, and yeah. the deep waters looks a little darker. But even that deep water, it's only a ten foot deep water, right? It's just it's a not... little right down the middle strip, yeah. and it's 160 feet wide on a solar light. So what I'm saying is, if I'm a barrel racer, absolutely no problem. Yeah. I mean, bright as you could possibly need. Cutters, rainers, backyard riders, uh, trailer docks, boat docks, barns. This, you have absolutely hit the middle of the bullseye. Thank you. On lights that, like I said, compared to the $40 Amazon lights. Yeah. But the relationship, this is what I was going to say, the relationship between lights, we would turn this one off, couldn't really tell much difference. You go, but no, but watch this one. So you've done this enough. And I, like we're walking around in the arena last night at nine o'clock at night, like crazy people, but you would turn this light off and it was like the whole arena got darker. And I go, why? Because yeah. the same light. Yeah. The exact same light. And it, and it wasn't it like you sent me like go put this one in this location. It's the exact same light, but the relationship lights have to each other that when this one turns on, it elevates the rest of them. So that's one of the biggest challenges I face, right? So I have customers that they'll buy, I'll buy one, I'll try it out. I really wish you wouldn't. There's no relationship because to any other light Because one light, light doesn't show you anything. Two lights doesn't really show you anything. Well, well, like, I'll say this. I'll say this. In the like over a barn, one light, yeah, plenty. You've got your big radius; it's plenty enough. If you're looking to light up like a walkway or something like that, one light does a lot. Correct. If so you're talking about amplifying light, arena and in an arena application, thank you because I was not specific enough on that. Um, in an arena application, one two isn't going to do it for you because lights, as you said, and it's really well put that way. They all have a relationship to each other. When we were walking around last night in your arena. And you said, okay, let's play around a little bit. Let's figure out how, why, what, because you wanted to genuinely understand. Yeah. And I turned certain lights off. You went, holy crap, it's like nighttime in here again. It's, cra- it's crazy that with 16 lights, you would turn one off and the whole arena would be darker. Yeah. You would turn that one light back on, the whole arena would be brighter. But then in other places, you would turn one off and you could just kind of tell like that little area. So yeah. The placement is no small thing. No, and that is one of the educational things, right? We, we are Our goal is to educate people that you have a better option. You have a more affordable option. Yeah. And how lights are installed, where they're installed, the height to which they're installed, the angle of distribution, all of that plays into it. Unfortunately, we as a company don't have time right, right. to go to every single customer's house. It's not a... F- feasible option. Right. So what we try to do when the short time you're talking to us, whether you're talking to us on the phone or meet us at a show, wherever it is we happen to be, we try to get that information across to you as quickly and efficiently as possible. 
Well, because because what will happen is somebody just throws some lights up. Yeah. No understanding of like relationship to the other lights, or they only put up one, and then they call and go, I don't blah 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 blah, and they're. It's like there's 19 more elements to what they have available to them. Right. And instead of considering that or calling, they're like, well, this is our, our, our. So that one light that we turned off yesterday in your arena. Yeah. Why did, so we, we went through it all and I explained why that light mattered so much. Why did that light matter so much? Because of its relationship to the light across from it. It was the only light in your arena it that was, was exactly directly lined up. across from each other. See, Every now, other light me, was staggered. See, to me, my traditional thought would be if you stagger them, then it's more coverage, right? right? But you're saying it's not. If they're lined up directly across from each other, when they touch, yeah, it amplifies the middle of where they're connected, which they're, the trough thing down the middle of the arena, that's what you're trying to accomplish is how to get this light and this light to get as close as you can to each other. Right, and with the lights we have today, with the lights that we're offering right now, 160 wide is a stretch. Right. right. We tell everybody 150, right? right? 150 we can do happily. 160, okay, now you're getting into the e, right. okay. But and just even so at you this, know. Even at this, today, we could go rope. Is it daylight? No. Is it usable? Yes, just like it is. Yeah. And but, it would have cost you, call it 7300 bucks all in for those 16 light kits. So you now let your arena usably to train, to no work, bill. to do whatever right. for less than ten grand, and you can get your job done. Well, and you said last night, you're like, I'm telling you. If there was a light, you pointed to one part of the arena. Because yeah. in my mind, again, when I'm putting them up, I don't necessarily need daylight at the strip and shoot. No. I just need to be able to kind of see where things are. So I tried to focus the lights towards the front where the shoots and the boxes and stuff are. Absolutely. You said the reason that it feels dark right here is because there's not a light at the back of the arena facing this way. Correct. It didn't seem to me, just at a glance, yeah. it, I didn't understand why that was important. You said, trust me, you put one more light right there, it's going to build off of these lights over here. Yes. It's literally light design. Yeah, and it's it's how lights, you know, share a relationship, and it's how they in interact with each other. And it goes back to that, I hate it when people buy one or two in an arena application because it doesn't, it doesn't really represent what a whole arena would look like lit up. Light distribution is a very funny thing. Light is also very perspective. You know, you have some people that go, this is great. You have some people that go, it's still dark. Really at the end of the day, all I wanted to be able to do when we started doing this was here's an affordable option so you can see what you need to do, right? That's all. And then it's spun from there into how do I get bigger? How do I get better? How do I make people yeah. happy? And we rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled. And now right now the lights you have are the 100,000 lumen fence mount systems. And those we released at the NFR last year. And they've been great. They've, they have been really, really great. Um, the only customers that we really have, I don't want to say a problem with, but I'm going to say a problem with. The only customers <laughs> that suck. Are <laughs> team ropers. And well, we, talk, we talked about that right there. If you think of every horse discipline, yeah. what other horse discipline utilizes the center of a wide space like team roping. The same way you guys do, nobody. Nobody it. does. It's the Even only event that dressage, utilizes. Dressage, jumper, English, western, it doesn't matter. Nobody uses that center line the way you guys use it. Well, okay, so take what I'm doing right now. I'm riding a lot of young horses where I'm roping a sled. Yeah. It's absolutely 1,000% adequate because I'm going in straight lines. I can pick the brightest part of the arena, and that's where I'm doing all my stuff, and it's plenty. Yeah. I can break away. So I get slower steers over there. I run in there, rope, stop my horse. Everything's fine. Even with what I'm doing training horses, the only time that I get to a place where it's a little bit in the middle of those 
is literally dragging a steer across the arena when I'm making a full-on team roping run and my healer tracks to a certain part of the... So even even within team roping, yeah, there's only a specific use in that part of the arena. And it's not every run either. No. And that's one of the things that you know we have to explain to team ropers specifically. It's not every run. You don't... It's not a problem, and it's not a problem in general at all, but it's not a big problem every single run. You're going to have those... Say you're roping from 6 p.m. to midnight. In that six-hour time frame, you're going to have two runs where you're going, I just wish it was a little bit brighter, right? And that, and that's the reality of it. Are we going to, before we get into the story that is Ayla Lawson, <laughs> are we going to tease a little of what might be coming, or is that are no, we, we too pre- too premature? No, we can do that. That doesn't bother me. Here, I wouldn't even say anything because if it was that we want people to buy yep. what's available now, but yes. then they have to completely scrap it and buy what's available next. It wouldn't help us, right? Correct. I would feel like that would almost be like, don't even mention it. Yep. But now what I'm saying is the 1,000 watt, yep, 100,000 lumen. lumen that we've got mm-hmm. are freaking fantastic. Absolutely they are. For your home riding applications, provided you are not training two-year-olds, right? That's the... I, I think, honestly, even training two-year-olds. I think it's those, for, for me, I think... What's coming next is yep. going to be the biggest benefit to like the four, five, and six-year-olds that you are actually making full-on team roping runs on, Yes, but not fast. You're still going slow. You're still letting them, like, I don't ever want to have to throw because I'm about to hit the dark, right? I want to be able to throw when the horse is ready. Right. You guys are coming out with? A new light for team ropers, specifically for the team roping industry. What a What better place? To announce that right here. Like, I when mean, you think about the two things, let me tell you, Arizona, me tell you two that. things that I absolutely love about this podcast. First of all, I love who listens. Like, we get calls from people. Like, I meet so many people through this podcast. But the second thing is, I don't know how we did it. I don't know why these people found us. I don't know what the relationship, I don't, I don't, I can't say that I fully understand it. People that listen to this podcast buy things from this podcast. And I think what it is, I, I think th- it's because the companies that advertise have yeah. also made time to come out here and like do exactly what you're doing. I mean, this- I don't even know if it's that. I think as a listener myself, right, I, I listen and I think it's you're not selling anything, right? I'm not sitting here to actually sell the product. I'm sitting here to make customers comfortable with who we are and what we do. You are more about the people behind it than you are the actual product itself. Yes, everyone that you have here has an amazing product to offer, and you only stand behind the people who you truly believe have amazing. The other part of it is where we come from, how we got there, and how we can help people. Because everybody that you pick and everybody you've had on your podcast, the Flatbed Podcast specifically, they want to help the industry they want to help the rodeo western they want to help the culture you know we have a goal and it's all the same how do we help you affordably whether it's me john daddy with equinity anybody um i got it isn't out yet but it will be by the time this one comes out but brian edwardson from unbeatable feeds yeah is an absolute addition to the industry as someone from outside the industry the reason i like that feed first of all i like the product if it was just a bag of feed that i brought tractor supply and that was it i would like the feed enough when you know who's behind it and the heart he's got not only for the industry but for the science of what's going on that's an easy product to want to be a part of Uh, and i I think i i hope i hope what you're saying is right i think i think you nailed it is i want to know the culture of the companies and the people that are that are behind it absolutely selfishly and i think when people hear that they go oh okay it's like meeting the wizard when you go to oz 
you go, oh, I like Oz better now because I understand the person that's kind of behind pulling all the strings. So John Daddy, I'm going to use John because Equinity, great product. But John himself. Wonderful man. 100% one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Right. He really is kind. He's caring. I met him in Kinder, Louisiana two years ago. He went out of his way to come say hi to me, welcome me into that particular show. He was just a, such a kind human, and well, I didn't know. He's such a good guy that you like. You want to be a support to him anyway. Absolutely. But when you add the fact of what his product actually does and the fact that when somebody goes on Equinity, they never come off of it. No, and it, it works like he says it's going to. He doesn't tell you that your you know, $2,500 horse is going to turn into horse of the year by taking Equinity. That's not, that's not what he's about. He's about making your horse the healthiest it can be. And I love his, I love his approach because he goes, you take your own pictures and send them. Yep. Because by taking pictures, it's kind of like going to the gym, like you're making progress, but you don't really realize it. He's like, no, no, no. Take pictures so you don't forget where you started because we guarantee that you're going to see an improvement. Absolutely. If I hear that, and I know that that's the experience people are having, it's, it's so much easier for me to go, then shoot, I'll try it. Well, and that's, the, that's all of our goals, right? You know, John is to make a healthy horse. Um, John Johnson with NTRL is to bring team roping to the east, eastern side of the world. Uh, Which, by the way, it seems like he's doing a great job. He Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I cannot fault that man. He has done better than I think the rest of us could have. And it's, but it's because his goal is to make the people happy. Right. He listens to the people. Right. And then he goes and he makes changes based on what the people are telling him. Or he implements new ideas based on what the people are telling him. You yeah. have to listen. Yeah. If you don't listen, you're just hard-headed and you're never going to get anywhere. I honestly think that's why the U.S. government struggles so badly with actual innovation. Ooh, innovation comes from the... Pro- well... <laughs> Innovation comes from the private sector because someone will benefit by listening to the people and filling a gap. Absolutely. A government that can compulse purchasing mm-hmm. never has to listen to innovation because they're already guaranteed sales. Like you couldn't hold a gun to someone's head, tie them to a tree and say, be creative, right? Mm-hmm. Creativity has to come from freedom. It has to come from an So I firmly believe it comes from a problem. Creativity comes from a problem, a problem that needs to be solved. Justin, Red Dirt Hat Company, right? Okay. There's a hundred different ball caps on the market. Absolutely there is. But Justin... Uh, saw a problem, we can make a better cap. We can make it last longer. We can make it more sweat resistant. We can do all of these things. And I he, instantly now want to go find this hat. You know, he started in his garage embroidering himself and that kind of thing. And now you have the Red Dirt Hat Company. And that's a relatively new company, but they listened to the problem and wanted to fix the problem. I love that. So, okay. So let's go back to you. Yeah. The lighting's working. It works in a thousand different places. You're going to see these. I can't, I can't officially announce this, but I, I will just say when people come to Arizona this year, yes. there are places they will go that will see your lights. Absolutely. And it won't necessarily be over the boxes. It won't necessarily be over the arena. They're going to be able to, for some reason, this parking lot just feels a little safer. Oh, for some reason, it just feels a little nicer driving down. All of a sudden, what's going to happen is they're going to pull in and the places that they have gone for years are going to start to feel safer. You guys just... Cleaner. Can I just... Can we drop Lazy E? Yes, we can drop Lazy E. Lazy E, the bridge leading up to the arena, you showed me a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just dark. Yeah. Good luck. If you ever been to Lazy E, good luck. So okay. we were there for the BFI and Dan um, Wall and Sammy Miller both, you know, approached me and said, hey, we have some problem areas where we really feel it's dark and our contestants, our participants, our people could use a little bit of light to help them. So it's a problem. Right. And I and Dan's thing was he didn't want blinding white light, right? Mm-hmm. He, that's not what he wanted. He wanted it. Yeah, to you be, don't ever want to be looking at the light. If the light is effective, you never really see it. Exactly. You see what it points at. So we offer, so we have a 120-watt light, a 500-watt light, and a 1,000-watt light. 
right now. The bridge, I said, Dan, well, why don't we just go ahead and put the 500 watt lights on this if that's the look you're going for? You know, just want your contestants to be able to cross that bridge safely, more than enough light to do so with that 500 watt light. And he went, I'll try it. I am sure by now you've heard me talk about unbeatable feeds. It's a beet pulp pellet produced by a company that produces 70% of the beet pulp sugar in the U.S. The byproduct is the feed that we're feeding to our horses and cattle. The benefits are unreal, but you can check them out at unbeatablefeeds.com. They're, they're available at Tractor Supply. You can get them at Tractor Supply. If you go into Tractor Supply and they don't have it, they can order it. They can put you on a waiting list and have it shipped to them. Um, but the, the, to me, the most remarkable part of this company for all the benefits that we're seeing in our animals are the people standing behind it. Brian Edwardson and his team, Jason Stewart, the people that they've got standing behind this company are stand-up people. Brian is absolutely a game changer in our industry. He used to study commodities for big agricultural companies, and he's bringing all of that to the Western industry. We are all better for having him on our side. So uh, check him out, unbeatablefeeds.com. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know the people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date, you can find the location, you can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, oh, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com, the difference being, you can look for only what you wanna find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't wanna find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out, ropeandcalendar.com. So you have 125, 500, and 1,000. Yeah. But instead of just going full on 1,000 for the bridge at Lazy E. Yeah, we went with the 500 because Dan Wall specifically said he doesn't want it lit up. Like, wants to be able to get from the stall area to the warm-up pen in the main arena safely. So if it's done perfectly, you almost don't even realize there's a light there. You're thinking about your run, your horse, the trip home. You're thinking about everything else. And one thing you're not thinking about is the light that you're walking under when you're doing it. See, but I think that's going to be your challenge is that I think that people don't realize how much of a solution you're offering because they haven't really ever stopped to consider all the dark areas that they just navigate every day. And they never look up. Because, because the minute they really stop and think about it, then they're like, shoot, if I were to fix that, now it gets on my nerves. But if I were to fix that, I'm going to have to call an electrician. I'm going to have to bury a pole. I'm going to, I mean. And it's not that the lazy E couldn't have done that, right? Right. It's the lazy E. They can do whatever it is they want to do. They are the lazy E. Right. But if there's a better option 
why not try it? And that was their look on it. I want to try it. It might not work for us. And, you know, Dan and Sammy were kind enough to tell me up front, hey, look, if this doesn't work, we're going to tell you it doesn't work. And that's going to be the end of it. Absolutely. I'll so take now the that onus, risk. The onus is on the product. Absolutely. I'll take that risk. And I hadn't. So we put these lights up, went and installed them. So we didn't just light the bridge. We lit the outdoor arena by the stall barn, too. And I hadn't heard from Sammy and I hadn't heard from Dan and I'd left a couple of voicemails and I was sitting there and honestly, I went, crap, they're not happy. Crap. But, you know. Well, you would assume, I guess it would be easy to assume that if they were happy, they would have instantly called. Right. Well, it turns out that they were on vacation because the Lazy E had a two-week break in their schedule and I wasn't smart enough to look on the website <laughs> calendar, right? And so I ran into Sammy at uh, the Prefert Pro Open in Mount Pleasant. And she, they're great. We love them. They're fantastic. They're wonderful. Thanks for the two-week heart attack. Right? And I went, Sammy, I'm not going to lie. I sat here for two weeks going, crap. Yeah. You couldn't have shot me a text? And she said, I am so sorry. We were on vacation. Sammy is the nicest person you've ever met in your life. Honestly. She really, really is. And when she said that, I went, thank you. Yeah. That's all I've ever because we don't want people to buy a product that's not going to work for them. Right. That's not, I'm not about taking your money. I'm about helping you solve a problem. Well, that's what I said. The first time I called you, the first thing you said wasn't, it does this, 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 and this. The first thing you said, hey, hold on, before we go any further in this conversation, because I call and I'm just like thrilled. The idea makes so much sense to me. I'm telling you, I was early adopter instantly. Yeah. I instantly, I, I read through it and I'm like, no freaking way. This makes so much sense to me. The first thing he says, wait, wait, wait. I want you to know. You're a team roper. I already know what your issues like. You, you it, I, it wasn't like you were trying to talk me out of it. You were just making sure exactly what you said. Yeah. I want to make sure you understand what you're getting before you get it. Because what I don't want is for you to feel like I've promised you this. And then it comes in and it's that. And I was like, that's all. How could you not trust somebody that's really trying to solve an actual problem? Under promise and over deliver. Right. Absolutely. That's, that is the core of any business. I, I truly believe that. And with speaking lazy specifically, Sammy and Dan, two of the kindest human beings I've ever met in my life. If you haven't been to Lazy E, by the way, for an event, you need to go. You just need to go check out the facility. It's amazing. Even if you're not there for an event, right? it's, it's, it's worth seeing. Yeah, just stop by and say hi to those people. They're great. Their whole team from the stall cleaners, the kitchen staff, everybody there. But, um, you know, we started with the 500 watts on the bridge because Dan said he wanted a nice ambient safe lighting. Ambiance. Right? So then if the 500 watt didn't work for that, what he wanted, I knew we could bump up to the 1,000 watt. Right. There's another option. Yeah. Looking to solve the problem. Correct. As it stated. Like, this is your problem. This is what I feel. We'll solve the problem. And guess what? It solved the problem. Yeah. And they're happy. They're so, that, so happy. That's been the, just the, like, the real eye-opening part to me. Because, again, I called with my specific problem. Yes. I was not smart enough to realize all of the other potential problems until you get out here and you start walking me through it. Like I said, there's places to put up temporary stalls. Absolutely. Do you really want to install a full-on light set system, no. bury conduit, have an electrician come in, install poles, concrete the whole deal for something that's going to be temporary? No. Okay, who so do, you don't want does? to do that. Who wants to, who wants to spend that money? Even if you had the money to spend, that's not the right solution because when those stalls come back down, right. now you've got a permanent light situation that's just that hanging out there and you're spending money monthly for no what reason. What about you think about like, what about parking lots? You got a parking lot that you're going to use like pasture. Like I, I, how many rodeos have I been to in my life where that this time of year during the rodeo, this gets used, but the rest of the year, it's just a pasture. So what happens is you go out there and it is pitch black. I mean, it is nighttime. The only lights you've got are either your headlights or maybe the lights off your trailer. Right. If somebody's putting on an event and they go, man, I wish we had lights out here, but it's not really worth putting lights out in a cow pasture. No. 
put it like you said, okay, so say the facility you're going to, they go, we're not putting up lights. You've got people that are putting these light systems on their trailers so that whether anybody else has lights or not, they do. And that one light in that parking lot makes such a big difference. Um, Glen Rose in uh, Somerville County in Texas, right? Their their parking lot is darker than dark. Isn't it weird? I, I remember that facility was built, and it seems in my mind, because I remember it getting built, it seems like it's still new. Yeah. It's an old facility. It's an older facility. It's yeah. still a great facility. It's a For very sure. nice facility. It's got air conditioning. Yeah. It's dark, though, right? The parking lot is dark. And so I have one customer who put a fence mount system on their trailer, and now... That parking lot isn't as dark because of the one light. Well, you think about, like, for me, I know how to navigate around horses. And, I, you know, the Futurity deal, young horses, I'm always dealing with young horses. And it's always kind of like, you know, pay attention, yeah. right? But I think about people with kids. You got kids running around parking lots, running behind horses. On those There's always this fear. Like, when my kids were little, they're older now, thank God. But when they were little, there's always this fear of, like, what if they don't see a horse? What if the horse doesn't see them? Anytime you hear about a horse kicking a kid is because that horse had had some experience with a dog, which means they weren't kicking at a child. They were kicking at something that was about that height that spooked them. Yes. So you put lights in a parking lot. There's so many reasons why being able to see for you and for the horse, wherever you go is an advantage. In my stupid perspective, I'm still just like arena light, arena light. (gasps) Oh, I see. Ideas, right? Feedlots love us. Oh, I'll bet. Feedlots, you know, where feedlots are probably our number one customer base because our lights solve their problem and they can move them. Yeah. Right? It takes 15 minutes to put it up. It so takes we, 15 minutes to take it down. People are listening and they're like, I thought you were about to tease a new product. Oh. This We went the long way. Yeah. For all of the problems this has 1,000% solved, the one event in the one specific perspective of the team roper. Team ropers. Right. And the problem the team roper's having of like the one little strip down the middle of a really wide arena, because there are arenas that are 250 feet wide. Your guys' arena sizes are insane, and I don't fully understand why. Well, there, it's the only, to me, and I guess I'd have to think about it, but it's the only event I can think of where the width almost outpaces the need for length. You need length, too, but I mean, like... You cannot rope in a narrow arena if you're team roping. No, absolutely Every not. arena has to be unnecessarily wide, and that is the problem is stretching all the way across. Right. So you hear this. You yeah. hear from enough people. And you, at you, point, so, right, so your arena is 160 wide, and you're happy with the lights that you have now. They're yes. the 100,000-watt the fence mount systems, and you like them. I, yes. Right? Yes. Can't hold a jackpot at your house with them. Right. But you're able to get your, like, you train Functional. horses for a living. Functional. Right? You're able to do that, no problem. You can practice with your friends, drink a beer with a buddy, have a good time. Part of what we do is we listen, right? And I never wanted to do business with team rubbers, right? <laughs> Ever. That was not my goal. That was, that was not it. You know, I was taught from a fairly young age, bull riders and team ropers, we don't, <laughs> right? Swerve. And uh, so, but then I found that team ropers... Um, it's the number there, one. There's a lot. First of all, there's a lot of you. It's the number one econ industry. Yeah, there's there's so many of you, and you're all looking for a solution to your problem. Well, real quick, and I want to I want to clarify because we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. For a long time, team roping was the event people would do if they just needed to throw 85 empty beer cans somewhere in a field. Correct. That was their excuse to do. Yeah. The horses didn't have papers. Okay. It was like pipe trailer, dog in the back. Hang, tire hanging off. Bad looking horses, bad looking feet, bad looking. I mean, it and, was and just... in fairness, and in fairness, if there are people that go, that was my perspective of a team roper. Yeah, they earned it. Now 
You look especially totally different, especially in Wickenburg. And I'm not just saying this because I live here. I really do love it here. But the culture of the team ropers here are these are people that are retired. These are grandparents or their grandkids or their business people. These are people that like not only do they have all the tires on their trailer, they have good tread. Their horses are taken care of. They're registered. They're taking horses to maturities. They've got homes. They they're like the culture of team roping has really gone through a. And very not, positive transition. And not recently, right? This has been going on for a while. There's always so, been an element of that. I, I would say that, I would say this, there's always, there's always been two cultures in the team roping. Right. Like if you go to a team roping, it's got a $10 entry fee. You can guess the kind of team ropers you're going to see. Right. If you go to a team roping that has a $300 entry fee, and that's not picking on anybody that doesn't have any money. No. At all. Everybody what has I, to start somewhere. But if you go to a team roping and the fees are going to be $300, you know that that person is probably not taking food off their children's table or you hope they're not yeah. to be there that day. And what I've learned in the past four or five years is, boy, was I wrong. My preconceived notion was so incorrect. I have met some of the most amazing people, the kindest people in the team roping industry. Mike White, John Johnson, Ricky Bolin, Mike Booth, Troy Shelley. All of these guys would give you the shirt off their back. Yeah. So I felt bad. Right. right. And I went, well, maybe I need to change the way that I think about these guys. And well, those, those types of people, and I would put Yost in this too, Mike Fuller, uh, Kyle, Christman, like the people that are making this town work Absolutely. are very family oriented. They're yes. very community oriented. They're people that really drive what has happened as far as the culture and family and things like that you're talking about. Yeah. They haven't just sat on the sidelines and observed. They have made positive efforts to try to incorporate that healthier culture. They in care it. about people. Yes. Whether you're, you know, the person on the road underneath a bridge that has had a really hard time in life and you're holding that sign, they're the guys that'll pull over and help. Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah, isn't, that crazy? isn't that crazy that that hasn't, because it is true. Yeah how far from that the culture of team roping has traveled at times. Right. And that, and that for me was the biggest eye opener, I think in this specific industry. So going back to, you know, what we were talking about, team ropers have a problem specifically, specific to your industry. Describe, describe the problem. If people are just now like tuning back in, if they were distracted, the only yeah. problem, the only problem is the 10 foot strip right strip down the middle down of the, arena. the center of your arena. Yep. Because when you go to, when that steer turns left and you go to go heal it, Depending on where you are. If you're going to heal on the corner, tall, if you're right? going to heal so on the corner, is, you're fine. Yeah. If you're going to ride a young horse and you need to track him in there, take two or three swings, and you end up in the middle of the arena, yep. that's the only problem area in the whole, and the whole system. And that, and that is the problem. And, it, and I'm not even going to call it a problem. It's a minor inconvenience, really, if you think about it. Yeah. It's minorly it's the inconvenient. One, it's the, uh, let me say it this way. It's the one area that you're able to look at and go, I could make that better. I, well, see, but I wouldn't have, right? I would have never looked at that myself and gone, boy, that's a problem. Well, if you're just riding through it, if you're just loping a horse through it, it doesn't even register to you. Right. But I have people, um, I'm going to use Mike White as an example on this because I've met Mike White at four or five, six different events over the years. And he's always hmmed and hawed and well, but is it really good enough? You know, this is what I really want. And no. Not what for he what, what was he he was looking for right? right he wants stadium quality lighting in his backyard so he can host jackpots that's what he wants well he's honest enough to say you are not providing me with the you know, like I have a problem this is not the solution right. and most people I don't think feel maybe the freedom to be that level of honest no and I didn't and I had no qualms looking at him and going you are absolutely right now if you weren't hosting jackpots I could absolutely help you out mm -hmm. but you want to host jackpots I cannot help you. Until, Until the NFR this year, right? We're, 2023. Right. Every year we roll out a new product. Last year was the 100,000 lumen light that we have now that's in your arena. This year, I'm going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with stadium lighting. 
Come on. I'm going to do it because I can. I got I to let everybody know. I've seen some pictures already of the prototype, and I need everyone to know, full disclosure, I full on asked you, like, come on. Get us the prototype. Just send me a yeah. prototype. And she would not do it. She's like, not until I'm confident that it's ready. Like, I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, I'm going to test it. I want to make sure it's good. You will not get one until you will put your stamp on it. Yeah. But the pictures you've sent, yeah. they are, if I t- could try to describe it, it, this guy is standing 85 feet away from the light. On one side. On right? one so side. Standing 85 feet to the side of it. And the shadow below him is crisp. Yes. 85 feet away. 85 feet away. So, so if you think about 100. 85 feet the other way. And this is side to side, so it's the length of your arena, not into the center of it. Right. Right. But that center light beam, right, that went almost, I, I, w- I would call it confidently 80 feet of bright light but before then when it started you add, to get to the ambient. When you add what I learned last night about the relationship of light, Absolutely. that when light encounters light, the exponential effect of that. Yeah. One light is great. Yep. You put that light with another light. Now we're talking about, you guys, the, like, here's what I said last night. Yeah. Looking at that picture, I go, game over. Game over. There is now no reason that I could see that somebody would go wire lights in. So if I can stadium light an arena for under $10,000, that's the goal, depending on the size of the arena, right? right? So I'm talking average 150, 250. That is an average size team open pen. If I can light that for under ten grand, I think I can really help the whole equine industry. So this is why if, if it was that they were going to have to scrap what they buy today, no. I would say, let's not even talk about it, but they don't. No. What you told me was if you take that light, that light, replace it with the stadium lights. Now the lights I've taken down, now they've got function anywhere else. I want to take them. I can go park a parking lot. I can go put it over a stall. That light doesn't lose its usefulness or its function. No. Now it just gets repurposed to another part. So if somebody goes, well, I'd like the stadium lights. Great. You can buy the thousand Watts today. Get your job done that you need to do for the summer, right? And then when this in December, when you actually maybe kind of tease pre-release somewhere in Wickenburg, perhaps oh, sometime in November, oh, let's just, that? I don't know. We'll, we'll I, talk about I it. Think we might need but to. let's say that that were to happen. They take that, they put that in the arena and they take the other lights and now they've got wherever they need it. And that's the whole point of our product. Our product is built and designed to be useful. We never want you to have a problem with the product, which is why I won't give you a prototype, right? No. Because I haven't finished testing it yet, and I'm not putting something out there that doesn't work. You guys need to understand, like, I feel like I'm a pretty persuasive person, and I have gotten nowhere. Polite. <laughs> I, I, polite. Yeah, we're rude, but you're like, yeah, 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 um, but no. Yeah, I mean, just no, because it's it's not... It's not, it, it's not that it's not there. I know that it's there. Well, the pictures but, show it. Right? Like, you can see what it's going to do. But I need to make sure that it's going to stand up to hurricanes because all, all of our products are 150 mile an hour wind rated hurricane. Because it. again... It wasn't created to be an arena light. It was created in the gas and oil business. Yes, it was created to be offshore oil and gas lighting. That's where it was supposed to be. And that was then, its original function. Yep. So it was built with the stability of a completely different industry. Yeah. And I mean, we get asked all the time, well, how weather resistant are they? Well, I don't know if you've been to an offshore oil rig, but they're all over the world on offshore oil rigs. And so the weather at all of them no are not nice. No matter what kind of weather you have. And I'm from northern Alberta, right? So I know what cold is. I now live in the Gulf Coast, Texas. I know what hot is. So when we develop these things, we make sure that they, the extreme colds and the extreme heats, and then bring on the wind. Because oil and gas, we have to be windproof. So I want to pivot here because from a product standpoint, I'm confident you guys, you guys are the, this is the future. Thank you. Uh, It won't be long. I just know how the world works. 
It won't be long until people start trying to copy you, but you've got all the patents. I have all the patents. I have the name brand recognition now that I, you know, I, and I'm Did so that, thankful for that. Do you feel like that. that happened just like just recently? It's like all of a sudden you guys just were, went from like, I'd never heard of you to everywhere. Every time I look up. Yeah, I went to sleep on a Monday. No, like literally it was a Monday. I went to sleep on a Monday and we were just, you know, Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems helping people get light where they need it most, whatever. And I woke up that Tuesday and for whatever reason, that Tuesday, boom, we had just gone on. It was during the BFI and Joey Gamble from Prefert. I love him dearly. He is the kindest human being you've ever met. If you ever, ever have an opportunity to meet him, I'm going to introduce you to him just to meet the guy because he's so great. Shout out Prefer. If you guys want to jump on this podcast, what's up? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder, Joey. <laughs> I wonder if you could come up here. So Joey, um, you know, he was one of the first people that I met while we were at the BFI. I've met him at other events and we're friendly and vendors try to be friendly with each other, but you're always What's kind of his role guard. at Prefert? Um, so he has the Oklahoma and North Texas region of the outside sales department. Gotcha. Um, he's amazing. And he, so we got talking and he's just the kindest guy at Prefert. I really liked him. He really liked me and the product and vice versa. And I'm thinking of ways while I'm sitting at the BFI going, how can I mount this to that estate fencing that Prefert just rolled out with? Because that estate fencing is beautiful. I would, I would describe it. I would describe Ayla as like a bird dog seeing a bird when she walks into a facility. You've got this eye of like, okay, if you did that right there, you've done this long enough now. Okay. If you did that right there, that's going to work with that. It's fun to watch because everywhere you go, you see the potential that other people just walk past and would never notice. I try to. So You, you right, do. And the potential thing, so John Johnson with NTRL, JX2 Productions over on the East Coast, you know, great guy. Is he, he the president of the U.S. in the World Series he now? He might be the president of the U.S. World Series. Uh, sorry, <laughs> U.S. Finals. He's, uh, yes, he is. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he walked past my booth 30 times at the BFI. 30 times because nobody ever looks up. Right. If you just looked up, you'd see the lights, right? Well, is it harder too? Because I saw your booth at the Royal Crown. Yeah. And I already knew who you guys were. I already knew that we were going to work together. And so I was like, oh, wait, that's them. So I go over to the booth and they've got the light. But the the building that we're in is already really well lit, right? Right. So all I'm really looking at is like a light, but I can't, like, I'm not able to tell the amount of impact that that light's going to have. Is it possible at a booth people don't really grasp what that is? Yes, until we show them pictures. Right. And, and right. then that's the shtick, right? But people are also used to getting hard sold on products. So they're used to, um, and you've probably had it happen to you where you're walking through a trade show or anything of the sort and people are walking out to the middle of the aisle. Oh, have Pressure you seen my, have you seen my, yeah. we don't do that. We will not talk to you until you have been in the booth for 60 seconds looking at things because you right. need a minute, literally a minute to absorb what it is you're looking at. You don't even know what questions then, you're going to have. And that's the thing, right? So then we don't start giving you the sales spiel. That's not our goal. We're there to educate you. If you're educated well, and if you see a need for it, then we'll go into the sales side of it. But let's get you educated on I, how we can help. I had no, I had no concept of the education available. Here, here's the problem. Not only the education that was available, I didn't even understand what I didn't understand. Like it's lights. And I thought I understood. Yeah. I'm so dumb. No, you're this not. Whole, this whole, no, no, no. I am because this whole time I've been like, yeah, lights. Got it. You put lights up. There's bright. Like it is a thousand times more invested than that. Height, angle, distribution, lumens, lux readers, foot candles from the eighties. Like all of these lights, things. relationships to other lights. Yes. Like there's so and much. We talked like, about it in your kitchen last night, right? So electricians put in lights in a regular house, right? That one light that's in the living room is not designed 
to light that whole open space up, the living room, kitchen, dining, right. whatever, right? It's not designed to light that whole thing up. It's designed to provide light exactly where it's supposed to. And then you turn on the rest of the light switches in your house. And the whole and room all lights of a sudden, up. Yeah. That whole area yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So it is light relationships. So John Johnson had walked past us 30 times. Joey Gamble went and grabbed him and said, you need to come over here and meet. Right. This. Right. Meet All of a sudden, and take a look at this product. So John Johnson comes over. He looks up and goes, holy crap. Yeah. You are going to change our world on the East Coast because there's nothing available to them. And, you know, team roping over there has got to be hard to run because there's not a lot of. Well, and it's all set up takedown. Like on the East right. Coast, you have to go in and build the entire thing, take the entire thing down. They work so hard and they're so good at what they do. Everybody that I know that talks about that guy, which by the way, I'd love to have him on the podcast too, if he listens, but that's what everybody says is like the amount of work that you have to put in yeah. to a team roping on the East coast, as opposed to like where we went to Rancho Rio yesterday, yeah. you flip a switch, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, they're having to go into a facility and create Weedy, a team roping arena. Set stuff up, clean it up. They do all of that. And, and then take it all back down. It's thing that they do. And then they tear it all down and leave. And so the lights... So the light does not make sense to have a permanent light structure, right? You can't have a permanent right light structure in a field that you're going to and setting up a team roping. What you can have is the ranch hand solar lighting systems that it already hooks to the panels they're using. Put up, take down, move to the next one. Put that up, had to just be like down. such a breakthrough moment for him. He was so happy, and it's all because of Joey, right? And because had Joey not brought him over, it never yeah, would have happened, right? And then you know you got you have guys from um, Williams Cattle Co. Mm -hmm. So they're the guys that are pushing your steers into the rope and boxes and, uh, Cole Williams specifically, super nice guy. Prefer we had lights behind those boxes, which to is help rare. A little bit. Usually the guys pushing the steers up are the guys that don't get the light. Always. They never get light, right? right? They're the last people thought about, but they have one of the most important jobs there. Yeah. Right? All you can see is the little blue sparks coming off the end of the hot shot. Correct. And so, you know, Cole Williams with Williams Cattle Co., he was back there and he came and talked to me. He said, hey, how much are these? And maybe I could buy a couple to take with us to these things. Because well, if he's got a crew, if, that, if he's got a crew and this is what yeah. he's doing, then all of a sudden from a business perspective, that becomes a business tool for that guy. Absolutely. Right. Um, and it's one of those. And Prefer was an amazing experience. That whole family. Boy, I had no idea. I, I really, I had no idea. I'm going to go on record as saying I've called them. I want them to be partners on the podcast. I want to help sell Prefert. Absolutely. I love their company. I love their culture. So far, I haven't gotten anywhere. Joey, call Jordan. Yeah, come on, Joey. But the the history of what they do, yeah. and you, they do a good job of communicating their desire to connect to the culture. Yeah. There so, you go. There's their free, there's their free commercial. But I mean, it's easy to see who they are as a company. What Prefert has done for the rodeo and the Western world, that's what I want to do, right? I want to be like Prefer. When I grow up, I want to yeah. be like Prefer. Yeah, that's our adult and dream. And having been there and met them, yeah. they are the kindest, hardest working, down to earth human beings I think I've ever met. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to see a company that is both motivated and innovative because I think sometimes when people are overly innovative, they maybe lack some follow through of like it would work, but then you have to put a whole bunch of elbow grease or you see somebody that works really hard because they're not innovative and they just like they're the path towards success is just outwork everybody. Right. They really do seem to combine the two so well. They do. The, what they, they do, do is innovative and amazing. it works. Amazing. And you know, I think one of their, the best things that they do, and I think Mr. Eddie will tell you the same thing. And if I'm speaking out of turn, Mr. Eddie, I'm so sorry. But one of the things that they pride themselves on, if I say it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. End. Right? Well, that's you. That's, that's one of the things you've said is so important to you is like the follow through. Right. So, and, th and that's the thing. If you say you're going to do something, you need to be able to follow through on it because otherwise you lose the trust of the customer. Yeah.
whoever the customer is, whether yeah, you, it's, you, you, yeah. you know, well, it's Billy Bob <clears throat> Joe down the road or it's Eaton Krause Heinz. I, I, I swear that's why I try to be so protective before I'll stand behind a product yeah. is I don't ever want somebody to trust me on something and then they find out, oh, that was just a sales deal. That was just Jordan trying to make a living on a podcast. Like, I, I genuinely love when somebody will reach out and be like, dude, I've been feeding beet pulp. I can't believe the difference it makes. Hey, I've had my horse on, on equinity. I bought hail, hay from Bales. Yeah. That to me is a really like a validating feeling. You did feeling. it yesterday with Rockstar, right? You got me a Rockstar and you said, hey, let's try this. And I went, man, I don't like energy drinks. That's not my thing. I'll drink a pot of coffee before I drink an energy drink. He went, but please just give it a try. I just want people to like the things that I, I like. I have never had an energy drink in my life that I have enjoyed. You handed me this Rockstar Tasted like I could drink a hundred of them. Now I'm not going That's to because I'm probably getting a heart problem. attack, right? But, <laughs> but, but in that same vein. You stood behind what you believed in. But that's, but that's exactly that. Not only will I do it at a rock star at a gas station yeah. because I'm like, oh, I like this thing and I think you might like it too. That is exactly how I feel about the product. So when you're saying about Prefert, when they stand behind their products, yeah. their return on their customers, there's a, there's a relationship. It's a weird one. Digital is a weird one. And yes. I, I don't know how to describe it exactly in a way that would make sense, but I have a digital relationship to very real people. Absolutely. And those very real people, when they reach back through a digital format and say that they've had a physical experience in their life, whether it's the, Hey, the equinity, the, the people that are finding like Lone Star Cowboy Church. Yeah. And that's like, Oh my gosh, this is my home church. The people that have come in, in, in alongside the podcast for people to find them. It's a weird I feel like I'm, I'm sidetracking the no, conversation, yeah. but there is something genuinely communal about that. It's people that genuinely want to do good. And this is what I found about this industry in particular, right? The people that genuinely want to solve a problem for the betterment of the sport yeah. are the people that succeed because yeah. we don't want, so me, take me for an example, right? And a lot of people look at me and go, no, you're just talking out of the side of your mouth. That's not true. I'm here, I don't think and my goal that. in the beginning was the little girl whose dad went and bought her a $500 pony, and that pony's not worth a darn, you know, it's 700 years old, three legs in the ground, but that little girl's dream yeah. is to be Haley Kinsley, right? That's her dream at the end of the day. For the record, we all want to be Haley Kinsley. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? So how do you, that little girl needs light. How do you, that dad can't afford. See, but, but real quick, hang on. What you just said is more unique maybe than you realize. When you tell that story, not everybody thinks she needs light. They might think she needs entry fees or she might need like a sponsor. There's a thousand different ways. You see that situation and you see a problem that most people don't see, which is she has to be able to see what she's doing. In order to get good, you have to practice. When you live in Arizona, Oklahoma, Nevada, California, Texas, Florida, parts of Missouri, how do you do that in the summertime? You can't. You, or, you can't, you'll kill your horse, you'll kill you yourself. Go to, you go to the north, so many times by the time people are getting home from school or work, it's Winter already time. dark. Yep, the sun goes down at 4 p.m. Yeah, How you're not you even practice? home, you're not even home during daylight hours. Right, greatness comes from repetition and practice. You you can't do that when it's too hot or it's dark. You, you just can't, it's not yeah. feasible. So that little girl that wants to be the best thing in the world needs to be able to practice. But that dad can't afford $40,000 lights and it breaks right. his heart. Well, it how many times? So what I what I think you see people do, like this was my experience, is that there's usually like one person who has lights, yep. and everybody either has to get there to that place, which means you have to have a truck and trailer, which Correct. means every time you're going to rope, you're going to have to saddle your horse, have a truck, have a trailer. There's the assumption it's that an you, adventure you just have to, to be get able, there. you have to be able to drive. So this little girl, like if her if her family can't drive her to wherever, if they don't have the like, yeah, you you said it 
again, this has been my education experience. You said it because that was your experience. Yeah. You said I was, I was in a situation where I didn't have lights. Yeah. I didn't want to spend 25,000. The first person that you solved the problem for was me. And that's, that was the whole goal. I didn't want to solve it for the rest of the world. Right. I just wanted Ayla's problem to be solved. I wanted yeah. to be able to come home from work in August in South Texas, be able to hop on my horses and do whatever it is I needed to do that night. And you know, twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars was not feasible for me. It just wasn't. That's the reality of the situation. And there has to be a better way. Nope, sure wasn't. So I that's made crazy. One. That's people. I hope people listening will understand this. When you find a problem that does not have a solution, you discovered a gold mine. Yeah, make make an idea. Have an idea. And what I love about this industry in particular is if you have a good idea, people will stand behind you. Yeah. And they will help you. They don't want to take it from you. They don't want to steal it. They don't want to ride, ride your coattails either. They just want to see you do good because you can help the industry. I can't tell you how many people called me after they heard the commercial. And they're like, we had no idea. That is brilliant. That's such a smart idea. Like, I love that because I'm like, I know, right? Same way that you're like, wow, this is, this rock star is really good, right? Now you're getting the same experience that I'm getting. Right. It's a shared, it's a, it's a shared solution that all of a sudden I feel like somehow I'm winning Absolutely. from them finding that exact same solution. And it's not just necessarily the people that can't afford it, right? That's, that's not the whole goal either. Um, take the Lazy E, for example. In the back by the stalls, they have a uh, Prefer Ponderosa fencing arena, beautiful fencing, beautiful little arena. Um, don't necessarily want to spend the money to put full blown lights out there because they it's have, kind of just a warm up arena. Yeah, right? and they have three other arenas that have really good quality lights in them. So why would why right? But hey, Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems comes along. Any chance you can light that up so these guys can warm up? Sure. Let, let me ask you something, and I think people listening, I'm going to ask you this too. So if you're listening to this podcast, let me ask them a question. I'm going to ask you a question. How many lit warm up arenas are there? in the state of Arizona and people are going to start thinking right now and they're going to go, wait, they're going to go to all the different places they go and they're going to think about warming up and they're going to go, wait a minute, it's pitch black. Mm -hmm. And I've just gotten used to that. I've just gotten used to the idea of it just being absolutely pitch black. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not even going to bring up a name. I'm just thinking of an arena right now. And I went to two or three or four jackpots there last year. And I'm thinking when I left the arena, I had my cell phone with my camera on absolutely, so that I could not only find the warm up arena, because if there was lights, at least you know where you're going. Yeah. Like if you could see like, oh, over there's the warm up arena, because I have people ask me all the time, hey, where's the warm up arena here? Yeah. Well, it's through that dark parking lot. You just got to go look around. You'll eventually find it. And you get out there and you can kind of like, maybe there's some glow coming off the arena, but it's the secondary uses that people don't put together of like, this does not have to be this way. Absolutely. And, and that's where, you know, we come in handy. And it's not, like I said, it's not just for the little girl whose dad is heartbroken that he can't do better. Um, it's for everybody. It, it, we, I, I tried my best to solve a problem. And this new light that we were talking about, and we kind of stopped talking about it because we got sidetracked. But this new light is now for the, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, please nobody get offended when I say this. It is for the light quality expectations through the roof people, right? So wait, 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 say that again. It's for the people who have through the roof expectations. This is not correct. the little girl that just needs enough no. light to ride. No, that, this that is for the thousand lumen light for her. The ones that we have right now. Adequate. No, adequate. not even adequate. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. That's, uh, what would the word, 
not even sufficient. We're, we're going to go phenomenal for, for that little phenom- girl's you know application. What? For that little girl, it's phenomenal. Right. So the new light that we're, you know, going to have at the NFR and maybe we'll pre-release it in Wickenburg. Who knows? Um, maybe, maybe what will happen also, if you're listening, maybe one day I'm going to post a picture on my Instagram and I just won't even say anything. It'll just be like a light shown right down the middle of the arena in a little deep water part of the arena. It, we don't know. We don't know. We, we don't, we don't know. know. <laughs> and um, so the, this new light is for the guys that want to hold jackpots. It's for the hardcore, um, I, I don't want to call ropers t- uh, weekend warriors because ropers are the exact opposite of a weekend warrior. But it's for those guys that are holding jackpots. They want to go the extra mile. They're... I'm not going to name any names, but they're some of the best guys in the industry that need the best light to get what they're trying to do done. And I'm still going to be able, or I'm going to try my very best to make them happy. There's just, I know I've already said it, but I want to reiterate the minute that one little challenge area is resolved at 160 wide, if you were 160 less wide, right, right, right. right. No, exactly. But The, I'm telling you, I'm sitting here, the more, the more I even now think about it, it's game over. Solar lighting is literally, it is the future. Hopefully. No, right. I'm telling you, there's no other option. Why would someone prefer? Cause we've had like when I was, when we lived in Egan way back in the day, we had the big old lights that if you turn them on, it took 15 minutes to warm up and then they would come on and light placement, stuff like that. And bugs liked them and it was a whole thing. But the amount of electricity that took, and then my, my dad and his deal, they bought that facility in Alvarado and they had the old can lights, the big yellow lights. Yeah. They put in the LEDs instantly, the whole field of the facility changed, but there's still an electric bill. Like if it's an indoor arena yeah. and you can hang the lights you're talking about from, ev- how, okay, that's a question I have. Yeah. For an indoor arena that yeah. doesn't have the solar capability, what do you do? Sure. So we have an indoor, what we call an indoor solar light. Um, the panel is external to it. It's now just the, wired to the light. Correct. Now the only crappy part about that one, and I'm not even going to call it crappy, but I mean, I have no issue with it. Some people do and I get it is you have to drill a teeny tiny little hole through your roof so that you can connect the cable to the panel. And well, then, if you had the right grommet, that's going to seal that anyway, right? Just silicone around it. Problem solved. Right. Right. At, problem solved. But the biggest, one of the biggest problems we had before the LEDs in Alvarado, because we ran that facility for a year, was the expense the, the, the nightly expense, like if those lights were on, yeah. our profit margin was decreasing. It was not, it, it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but it was not to, a, to the benefit of the facility to have an event that went well into the night because if it went well into the night like that, your profit margin with your electric bill was so high. But what you're saying is it's a one-time expense. You've yeah. got your solar panels on top. Now your lighting is not only adequate This with stadium... I'm getting way ahead of myself. No, no, you're fine. Uh, but if but, it goes the way, if it goes the way that it's going, yes. Now your electric bill is literally zero. It's a one-time install. That Absolutely. light has effectively paid for itself. And how, what, what's the time frame? On average, eighteen months. So in eighteen months, that light has not only paid you back for what you put into it. Yep. Now you've got all the future use of that light and it's for a free. Ten, and it's a ten-year lifespan light, right? So you have you invested, call it invested 18 months worth of money into it, right? Now you have eight and a half years of free light. Okay. I got to know who you are because I know there's somebody listening going, who is this lady? Hi, I'm Ayla. This is Ayla Oz. <laughs> Originally, uh, now we get to meet the wizard. We've seen Oz. Oz is amazing. Oz is the future. Solar lighting will take over. You will get to Arizona. Watch and see. I, I'm telling you right now, because what I'm going to do now, because I live around all these producers, right? Like they're, they're friends. Yeah. I will now take it upon myself because I rope at these arenas to go, 
why why is this okay? You don't have to do that. Thank no, you. I'm no watch, watch and see. I'm going to. Thank you. Again, in the same way that I like giving rock stars to someone, go. I think you're gonna like this because yeah. it's like <laughs> it's a middle child syndrome. I just think try, it's a, just try. It. I think it's the middle child syndrome where I'm like, I always had this feeling like if I got lost in the woods, nobody's gonna come look and find me. So the more solutions I can provide, the more valuable I am to the community. Absolutely. Anyway, doesn't matter. You started all this where? In Waller County, Texas. But you started... Alberta, Canada. So originally Canadian. Originally Canadian from, you know, the cold part of the world where life sucks because it's cold and snowy all the time. We're fast forwarding and you're going to change the whole industry through the lighting, but that wasn't... That, Not on purpose. That, right. You no. accidentally... Like, so I'm a, I'm a chef by trade, right? That's what I went... With a... With a fancy star. What's it called? A Michelin star. Somebody out there is Googling Michelin star <laughs> chef. So I worked at the Mayfield Inn and Suites at Edmonton. Um, how'd you get in? How'd you get into that? Again, it was also an accident. Everything I seem to do is by accident. Um, <laughs> you look up one day. I needed a job. I couldn't find anything that I really wanted to do. So, hey, I like cooking. Let's go cook, right? That Did you was always, the, was cooking always part of the deal like growing my, up? My great grandma. And I spent a lot of time in the kitchen together, you know, making dinner, making cookies when I went over there and visited and that kind of a thing. And she kind of... What's, what's the food in Canada? I know, I, other than ketchup chips, it's me, the only thing I know that's distinct. So ketchup chips are my favorite, just so you know. Hey, I found a place you can order them online. It used to be that like when I had buddies going to Canada, yeah. I'd send them with cash and I'm like, hey, Tom Hortons, give me some ketchup chips. Yeah. You can order them on Amazon. Yeah, you can absolutely Don't order them Don't even have to go to Canada anymore. $40 a bag. Well... Or, you know, you can just call one of my siblings and have boxes and boxes sent, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, Your siblings out there are like, you shut up. We're not sending ketchup boxes. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what's the, what's food the food Canada, culture though? So where I'm from, I'm from Alberta. We have, and I'm sorry, Texans, we have the best beef in the world. Straight up best beef comes out of Alberta, Canada. For what, like what makes it better? Um, you know, I th I firmly believe it's hard grass, um, that we have. It's more nutritious for the cattle. So you just get a better, you're not having to feed and fill out. You're just, you just have good quality right. beef. Right. Well, and I think even the feedlots will tell you please it's not. Don't get mad at me, cattle raisers, because I also love Texas beef. Okay? You don't have to clarify it. <laughs> we, we, we know. And I, it's honestly like just from a corporate standpoint, some of the biggest feedlots, the people you're working with now, mm -hmm. they're in Texas and they're doing a great job yeah. creating beef. California actually does a good job, but it's not, it's not the same as cattle being raised on really high quality, good grass. No, I think, I think cattle people even tell you And this. whether it's Alberta, Montana, Wyoming, anywhere like that. Up north, we just have better soil. Therefore, we have better yep. nutrition in the grass. More cattle right? per acre. That's yep. just science. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, for me, uh, food at home, steak and potatoes. Steak and potatoes, steak and potatoes. What do you want for dinner? Steak and potatoes. Do you want to change your potato? Yes, because a potato comes in many forms and is the best yeah, food. Let's on the fry it. Planet, let's mash right? it. Yeah. Bake it. Do whatever you want to the potato. <laughs> but steak and potatoes. So that's what. That's the food culture. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's our food cul culture. And, and um, is Alberta is a little more like when you think of Canada, Alberta, that's like where Canada, uh, Calgary's at. Correct. Bamp. Yeah. Banff, Banff, yeah, yep. Banff, Jasper, Edmonton, Fort McMurray. It's kind of got more of the rural feel. It's the, not like the Vancouver. No, and the oil sands. So I moved from Texas of Canada to Texas of Texas. So you guys Texas are oil, yeah. oil there in that's Alberta. What, so that's where most of the oil money in Canada comes from. I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to throw in 96% of the oil money okay. comes out of Alberta, Canada, and the tar sands that are up north. Um, so I went from Alberta, which is a cold Texas, to Texas, which is a hot Texas. And so the culture, the people were all pretty similar. similar because we all come from the same kind of a background, whether you're ranching or in the oil and gas it industry, is, same, same. It's crazy how much industry shapes culture because the average person that like has just a regular job, the kid that's like working a Jack in a box or whatever yeah. may not understand the nuances that he lives in. No. That's just life. 
but the actual, I, I really do. I think the, the nuances in the culture are so many times really shaped by the, the main industries in those areas. Absolutely they are. So then you go to Saskatchewan and you have grain, right? Saskatchewan is a grain province. Grain, 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 grain. Okay. And so they Which have that's a, a little bit more like the Kansas. Correct. Right? So they're, I mean, we're all the same really at the end of the day, but it's cold there. It's not cold here. That's pretty much the difference. So you decide, all right, I'm going to be a chef. Right. So I was a chef and I was at home by myself for my first holiday. So my parents moved to Houston, Texas to start a company. Um, they very, very good company. They did absolutely amazing, brilliant human beings. Who ended up with that company? Me, many years later <laughs> down the road. Um, so th they moved to Texas and I did not. I stayed at home. I was trying to make a go of being a grown up. Sure. I, I didn't do a very good job. This is right. my chance to live with no right. curfew. Correct. And I didn't do a very good job of being a grown up. And then I was home alone on Easter because when you're a chef, you never get holidays off. But hey, I got a holiday off. So I had Easter off and I was sad because I had no family there. And then it snowed on June 1st. And I went, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I can't live like this. I just took my snow tires off my car. Ridiculous. Yeah. Snow in the winter is one thing. Snow yeah. in the perceived summer. Absolutely. No so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing a good job of being a grown up. Um, and I called my mom and I said, Hey, I'd really like to move to Texas. And my mom said, please come to Texas. So, yeah. She's probably excited. You know, here we go. Move to Texas. And then, so they had their company and they're the brilliant minds behind the lowering part of the light pole, the ranch hand solar lighting system. That was their invention. That, yeah. And, you know, they're the idea people. They are the fix the problem. That's where I learned it from, right? There's a problem, fix the problem. Yeah. Right? Any problem can be solved. You just have to think your way around it first. Yeah, the hard part is find, honestly, I think sometimes it's finding the problem. Absolutely. Back to our point, I don't think people even realize darkness is a problem. But Correct. once they see it, they're like, oh, now, then now you're solution-based. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, I started working in the warehouse there. Uh, I was working on a, at a barn, too. I was a barn manager for a while. Um, so I started working in the warehouse <laughs> building bracket kits, doing all the hard work. And it wasn't just. Did it seem like going from a life as a chef to that, did that seem like super unglamorous or did you like it? I like working with my hands. I don't care what I'm doing. Um, I prefer working outdoors with my hands. Mm -hmm. So I'm a very, I need to be busy. Person. Yeah. Right. And you know, so that for me, that didn't bug me. And you know, at the time, I was just thankful that I wasn't alone in Canada anymore. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's not to say much because my dad still lives in Canada. We just lived four hours apart from each other. And, you know, it just. Which in essence is like living yeah, alone. It's a night yeah. day difference. And so, yeah, when I came here, I started at the bottom. I worked my way up. I worked hard. They taught me everything they knew, whether they meant to or not. Did you have an idea, like at that point, did you have an idea of where it was all going or no. was it just... I didn't have a clue. I thought, you know, okay, oil and gas, oil and gas. We're just going to keep making things for oil and gas. That's what we're doing. Grind, 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 grind. Well, and I think when something's paying the bills, it's very hard to mentally get to a place of like what's next. Absolutely. When what is now is adequate. Absolutely. And so, you know, my, my stepdad being the guy that he is, ideas, idea person, make it a reality person. That's his, that's just stick in life. My mom is great at the operational side of it, right? How do we afford it? How do we get it done? Find the vendors. Well, she was a, an event planner, is that she right? Was, so yeah, she's she already was. logistically minded. She's already putting yes. the nuts and bolts together. So you put those two ideas together and you have this great powerhouse Power team, team yeah. right? And that's what they did. And they built something from the ground up. And what they built, I will forever be thankful for. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I get to reap the rewards of it, right? They decided they wanted to retire company attained, moved around. When did it, I when did, I walk me through that real quick. Cause yeah. you talked about it a little bit, but what was the process of like, I'm working in the factory to wait a minute. I think I can buy this company. Well, so they trained me, right? So people, that's, Hey, for people that don't know, 
that's a pretty significant leap. It wasn't <laughs> like you just signed a piece of paper and now it's yours. There's a there's a lot too. There, there's a lot that goes into it. And you know, I was lucky enough to have parents that saw in me and had the faith in me that I could be something for myself. Well, that's a lot of pressure too, because they've built something from the ground up. They and you did. get it you, just like you in the lighting, you get yeah. an emotional attachment with something you've created. Yeah. And the thought of handing that to somebody without knowing full but well that it's in good hands. who better to hand it to than family that you've built? You, They literally built me. Yeah, but to your credit, Ailey, you say that, but to your credit, I know a lot of people who just, based on the fact that it was family alone with no other qualifications, did hand it off, and that person wasn't prepared, wasn't ready, and killed it. There's something to be said for your ability to take it and do well with it, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not no, taking no. anything away from no, them, no. but to your credit... For them, what a blessing for them to know that something that they built and they care about was going to be well taken care of as they transitioned out of that. And that, and that for me is the proud me moment, right? So not for them, sure. not, not them proud for me. I'm proud that I was able to stand up and hold up to what they believed I could do. Well, because how many kids go, I know this is mine when it's over with, so why am I going to try now? That is not uncommon. There's a lot of kids that are just waiting in line because they know as soon as my mom and dad are done, this is going to be mine. So why would I hustle? You're saying the opposite. I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn how to do it the right way. And whether it was them holding my hand and teaching me how to work QuickBooks or taking me to sales meetings and teaching me how to sell stuff, how or cool. if I was just sat there listening. Right. That's when I learned the most. Just right? absorbing. I sat there and I listened because when you own a company, it goes home with you whether you want it to or not, right? So around the dinner table, they'd be having conversations or arguments or celebrating or whatever it was they yeah. were doing. Immersed that is when I learned the most because I got to learn what, what to do. And then on the flip side, I also got to learn what not to do. And so how, I get... How big of a deal was it to them who they did business with and who they avoided doing business with? Was huge, it... Huge. Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. Um, they would warn you like, hey, we don't really do business with this person for this reason. Or was it, this um, is what we look for to prefer No. This? So again, I'm lucky, right? They did the trial and error of it, right? They did the, let's just... Let's just do business and do business well. And they learned along the way who we don't do business with the hard way some of the time. Sure. And I got the benefit of that knowledge. Yeah, because um, that's, a, that's a landmine you know to have to step on. Correct. So I learned and I try to pride myself on doing business with like-minded people. Sure. Right? I don't want... Which is why in the beginning you did not want to do business with team ropers right. because the, most of the reputation had been like not like-minded at all. Correct, right? And so for me, um, I don't want to do business with the sleazy used car salesman. Right. right. Um, for me, I want to do business with the guy that it means something to. Do you think that that's related to sustainability? Here, here's why I ask. I think of like the sleazy car salesman types. And it doesn't feel like they're going to be around forever. It feels like they're either going to get in trouble and go broke or they're going to find something better and move on. When you find somebody that is really locked into what they want to do and who they want to be, you can predict like, hey, five years from now, that person is probably going to be still doing that same thing. When you genuinely love what you do, everyone around you can tell. Everyone around you can tell. Um, I honestly, honestly, I think that's why the podcast is doing well. Absolutely. It's is. because I can't fake it. I love this so much. I am home doing what I'm doing right well, we now. We were talking a little bit about it last night, right? I listen to your podcast and I love your podcast because it tells the stories that need to be told. Right. There's nowhere else you can get those stories unless you happen to run into a Paul or. A Rikita, yeah, you get lucky and you get to like somehow have an, an encounter where you get to somehow express yeah, and in depth. To just please sit down with me and tell me what it was yeah, like to sit down for an in hour. the 70s. Yeah, right? Right. Nobody's going to do that. Right. So you give them an opportunity to tell their stories, which gives the opportunity to the kids now to listen to the stories. And hey, this is why I'm able to do what I'm doing. I did not mean to make this about myself. No, no. Keep going where you're going. I just mean, I, I think 
for some reason, people believe me when I say I love this podcast and I do, yeah. people believe that. And what you're saying is when someone loves what they do, you know, it. you know it. Yeah. And you know, somebody who just does it when it's just a job you, yeah. and you can see that and you can tell and people that truly believe in what they do, we're a different kind of breed. You know, we'll do whatever it takes to make yeah. it work because we believe in it. Which is what I would say now, fast forward. That's what people are saying about you with the solar lighting is you, you. you believe in it as much or more than anybody else. And so because you actually believe in what you're doing, yeah. this isn't a job. Now I'm curious, like, what has got your attention with, with this? Like what like it creates, it's the same way if you're standing in a room and somebody jumps up and takes off, yeah. it is intrinsic to us as people to look and go, what are they running from? Should I be running? Right. Same is true when somebody goes, you guys are not going to believe. I love this so much. There's something in us as people to go, what are you seeing? So I believe that it's for a couple of reasons. Um, my general human nature side of me is a very non-BS person. Um, point in case you called me and you said, hey, I really want this. It's going to be great. And I went, hold on. Your yeah, team roper. Yeah, wait a minute. Just so you know, not stadium quality lighting. Right. I can still light your arena. We strikes, can get the job strikes. done. You're a team roper yeah. and you're a podcast? Right. So that was a whole nother side of it. We weren't going to go there. If but, people don't know, yeah. to be clear, I told you this yesterday. If people don't realize, like, it is still somewhat embarrassing. I'm a 40-year-old adult. Like, I've been successful in other things I've done in my life. And so to introduce myself as I, I don't want podcaster to become my identity. No. Right. So it's weird when you tell somebody that you're a podcaster, not just that you do a podcast. Like I still don't know exactly how to say that without feeling like a YouTuber or like the joke I told Trisha Price. It's like telling somebody you're a professional Lego or people right. like sometimes don't even know where to No, and, and, and for me, when you called, you were just so excited. Your excitement is what actually made me take a step back and go, hold on. Right. Because I'm not going to lie. I get those phone calls all the time. All those bet. phone calls are emails yeah, from bet. magazines, bloggers, whatever it is. Hey, I have 2000 followers. Give me a free light and I'll put you on. No. <sighs> right. No, right. I'm sorry, but no. And but that comes from the non BS personality that I have. Right. And I think that that goes a long way into it because I will tell you I can help you or I can't help you. And this if goes you, even back to the gas and oil. This was yeah. the exact same culture you were putting in the because people don't know you're not out of that business. No, you are still doing that. Absolutely. That is still a, a function of what you're doing. Yep. And, and, it, and it is. And I believe, too, that because of that, I'm able to confidently say. My product will do this. My yeah. product will do A because it was tested over there. And if that right? is what you need, yeah. we can do it. And so when people come to me and they say, hey, or any any member of our team, and they come to us and they say, hey, my, my arena is 200 feet wide. And I look at you and go, can't help you. Yeah, I'm not your guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't help you. I think that puts so much respect into people because 1, there's a lot of people that would go 200 wide. I got you covered. Yeah, sure. Buy the right? product and then you're going to be upset, but it doesn't matter because you're already out the door. Yeah. I'm the used car. You seller. spent the money. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want to take people's money from them. I want to provide the actual solution that you actually need. And I think that that's a rare quality. How excited are you now? Yeah. Knowing what's coming. Yeah. When a team roper comes up to you and goes, a, I think solar sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm a team roper. It's not going to be able to do this, 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 and this. How excited are you that in December of 2023, you're going to be able to go, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Look at this. Well, see, and I, well, the, I think the part that I'm most excited about, and it comes from working in male-dominated industries, right? So chef, oil and gas, cowboys. We didn't even talk about auto mechanic. Oh, yeah, the, the service. Yeah, we're not the least favorite job ever. Can I just throw being this told, in there? That being told as a girl that your 2008 Chevy 
this carburetor is working. You know, that was a, that was an eye opener. I wish me. I was smart enough to understand why that's a thing. Like I, I, I know nothing about, but so, the truth is you were a mechanic for a little while. Don't have to settle on it. We don't have to talk about it, but well, just know that was a part of all the well, story. Yeah. Being the oil changes and that kind of stuff was, you know, I could do it, but I didn't, anyway, anyway, I, didn't anyway, like, anyway, I never sorry. wanted to do I don't it. Get it distracted. wasn't the goal. Regardless of the industry, yeah. male dominated industry. It, Correct. I wouldn't have thought, I guess. I guess it makes sense. Like I'm thinking about the famous chefs. I know they're all men. Yep. Male dominated, male dominated, male dominated. And a whole, hey, let's go do rodeo, male dominated, right? Real quick, hold on. Yeah. Traditionally, yeah. where does cooking fall on traditional gender roles? If you were to okay, think. Okay, so in, at the home, in the home environment, right, that's a girl job. It's a, okay. it's a woman's job, women barefoot in the kitchen, make me dinner, make me right. sandwich. In the professional world, though, male, right? Why is that? Um. I don't know. History, tradition, patriarchies. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's just the way that it is. But it just is. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't, I guess, when no, you say it, best, when you say it. Some of the best it, chefs I know are female. Who's the very best chef you know, whether it's professional or private? Uh, Caitlin Baxter, really good friend of mine. Shout um, out Caitlin Baxter. Where's she at? In Alberta. Yeah, she's in Alberta. She's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Puts everybody I know to shame. I'm, I mean, I wanted her to go toe-to-toe with Gordon Ramsay. Like, she's, really? yeah, she's brilliant at what she does the artistic side of it the chemistry behind cooking amazing so what is in a, in a male dominated industry yeah because you're saying like the challenges that you'd face so let's take caitlin let's just go like completely objective here yeah what kind of challenges would you assume without talking to her i'm sure you have but sure. like for people listening yeah. what sort of challenges does somebody who's that brilliant and that talented and that gifted face going into an industry that had traditionally be been male dominated so you know being a woman myself it's uh it's interesting, right? So you have to overcome a couple of things first when you walk into a room. And it's not on purpose, right? It's an ingrained culture. And it's not, and like I said, it's not on purpose. And it's funny to me how much has actually changed in the last 10 years. Too. Right. But, you know, when you walk into a room as a woman, you're not seen as a business owner. You're not seen There's as not the that has assumption a that you're the one in charge. Of the gate, right? First and foremost, you are seen as female. Right. And then after 10 minutes in the room, now you're seen as that business owner or that person can, but you've got a 10 minute hurdle or time period that I wouldn't face when I walk in. No, just because we're, and it's not necessarily detrimental. Right. So, and that's the part that I kind of love about it now. Um, I don't view it as a detriment. I view it as a challenge and it's a fun challenge to overcome. Right. What what benefits? Cause I, I think about like if I were to walk in and somebody, you know, I'm 40 years old. Mm-hmm. I told you like in a previous career, I was, I was really too young for the job that I had. Right. Right. I was too old to rodeo, but I was really too young to be the, the head of what I was running. Absolutely. So there's always this weird, uh, like assumption that I was working for someone else. People would talk to me as though they were really excited to get to meet the boss at some point Correct. that people that didn't know me in, in the beginning. Yeah. And it was always fun because I felt like I got a better read on who they were as people because when they know they're talking to the boss, they put on a certain perspective if they want something. They, they come across a certain way. If they think they're talking to like one of the hired people, mm-hmm. they're going to probably be a little more transparent. And you're going to get to see kind of who that person is and more it accurately. all the time. And it's my favorite thing in the world to watch. You're so, saying, you're so saying so like at the have, booth. Um, so I have Steve. Steve's relatively new to the company. Steve Smith, great guy. Love him. Love his family. We'll get into the Steve story in a minute. Um, but Steve is... No, I don't want to say significantly older than me, but he is older than me, um, and he is Steve. Fits the demographic of somebody you would assume runs his company. Correct. And so Steve, and and he did, he just started a month ago. Um, And so we were at a show uh, doing our trade show thing, and it was really funny because people um, would come to the booth, 
and they, I would stand up and answer the questions because I'm training Steve and I would stand up and answer the questions and I'd be in the front and Steve would be kind of behind me and they'd be looking past me and directing their questions at him. That's so awesome. Right. And it happens every day. Not even doing it on purpose. No, just not thinking, on purpose. just assuming yeah. based on everything they're taking in, Making the all assumption, their observations. I'm young, I'm the pretty face. I know nothing. I'm just there to sell you. Right. Not the case, but what I'll, I'll take yeah. that. And Steve would, you know, answer the questions to the best of his ability at Which the time. Which is good because you kind of get a sense of what he knows Correct. already and what he doesn't know And yet. then he'd look at me and go, okay, Ayla, can you answer these questions now? Because I'm out of a depth. And the second that happens. They're like, oh, oh wait a minute. Oops. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I've been in a couple of those situations. And like I said, I, I don't think it's a detriment. I actually find it. Well, challenging sense, and entertaining but at in the same a sense time. you're outperforming the norms because they've indicated what they thought the norms were correct and you're outperforming that mm -hmm. so it's a compliment in a sense it's a compliment of like oh no kidding you're yeah. outperforming what my assumptions would have been based Ab on who i see in front of me yeah absolutely so it's um i i get a giggle out of it every time right i don't take offense to it i think it's hilarious i'm not gonna lie i do i genuinely believe it's funny because once the people figure out oh crap it's fun. I like watching them backpedal or not backpedaling, right? There's two people handle that situation two different ways. They'll versus, either just versus backpedaling. Yeah. They'll just keep pushing through it or they'll backpedal a little bit. And for me, it's always to fun to watch that people interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Just human interest yeah, is fun to observe. You know, watching people is one of probably my favorite pastimes. I know we're getting way, way off topic. Yeah. So if male dominated, the chef comes yep. in, she's got all the talent, all the ability. She could right now take over and do great. Yes. But she's going to have to go through what steps to get to where she wants to go. Convincing people that she is the real deal, right? And so who that are is the people? The like, is it the business owners? Is the it the hotel owners? The business owners, the other chefs in the industry, even the line cooks, right? In that, in that particular industry. Um, in so our, she's going to have to prove it way more. In our world, yeah. It's the first, I, first and foremost, I have to convince the cowboy or cowgirl that I mean business. Then I have to convince them that my product actually works. Then I have to convince them not to look at me because I'm a girl and look at me as a business owner and somebody that means what they're going to say. So right? very substance of the business driven. Correct. So we walk into a room, um, and where gentlemen walk into a room and it's a completely different perception. First and foremost, we walk in, people go, Oh, a girl. And it's not on purpose. Even I do it. Well, a lot right? of companies in fairness, do it. in fairness, there are a lot of companies that put the young, pretty face out front for a myriad of different reasons. Drives me nuts. Well, and like social media has become such a big part of people's businesses. So instead of like the guy that's in his 50s or 60s that owns a company, right. instead of him learning social media, he outsources that to somebody who's mm -hmm. young and fun and bubbly. And so I think, I think it's almost gone backwards recently a little bit because we get used to seeing, like I can think off the top of my head, I can think of 10 young, pretty, bubbly, fun, outgoing girls yeah. that are sort of the face of a company because they need to be, because that's like someone's digital footprint out into new customers. That's what people want to see. Well, and, and, and it's like new customer acquisition is now done so much digitally yeah. that the people who are putting the products together, you know, I think of someone like, uh, as an example, someone like John Dowdy, who has taken that on himself. That's a huge task, but he's doing a good job with that. Brian Edwardson doing a really good job with it. Yeah. You look at a company like Equibrand, I, I'm really fortunate that I get to see see all the people behind Equibrand and they are freaking smart. I'm telling you, the Bray family is not average rodeo smart. They are business geniuses. But what they do is they go for this element of our business. We've got someone who is really, really good. Trisha describes herself as a chameleon. That's what right. Jade Corkle said. He said, she's a chameleon. She can go into any situation. She's the face. So if you think Equibrand, you're more likely to think of Trisha.
First of all, I want to tell you about Bales Hay, the YouTuber. If you guys haven't followed Trevor Bales on YouTube or social media, let me just tell you, it is the best agricultural social media account going. But that's not, that's less important than the kind of products they're producing. I've got hay, I, I joked in the last ad, it feels like hay you could eat yourself. Um, here, here's what stands out to me about Bales Hay. I can feed less of it and get the same results. I'm putting this with unbeatable feeds and Equinity products, and I'm telling you, my hay has gone down. The amount of hay I have to feed to get the same results has gone down feeding higher quality alfalfa. You guys check them out at baleshay.com. If you're thinking, wait, he produces hay and his name is Bales, I agree. I'm with you. What are, what are the chances? So check them out. Bales Hay, you guys go look them up. They can deliver. Here's the thing. They can deliver anywhere in the nation. They've got trucking. You need it. They can get it to you. And I know for a fact, having been raised in some places where alfalfa doesn't grow, it will blow your mind the effects of the hay, the hay that's grown right here in Arizona. It's the best hay in the world. It can be delivered to you. Check them out. Bales Hay. Ranch and solar lighting update. Uh, I told you I was going to get them. told you I'd give you an update. Let me tell you what. I am the only person in the state of Arizona right now that does not have a tan. I rope every night. My horses don't get hot. My ropes don't get destroyed. The sand isn't as hot. My steers last longer. I could go on and on. I, this has changed my entire year. I've been able to keep outside horses I thought I was going to have to send back because it was going to be too hot. And they just announced they're releasing stadium lights. You can get on the list right now and order stadium lights. They, they figure it's going to take eight of them to light an entire arena at the price of $7,500 out the door. That means stadium lights at your arena, $7,500, no install, no electric bill. And I'll tell you what, here's what I did. Full disclosure. I said, Ayla, I know these are going to sell out here. Would you let me be a dealer? Like, this is the only company I've done this with. I would be, I would happily be a dealer. So hit me, let me know. If you want to, if you, I've got the portal on my phone. I can walk you through it. If you want lights, let me know. It has changed my life. You guys check out the 1017 Project. You've heard me talk about it. Uh, we are donating hamburger from Roped Out Rope and Steers. We've been in business since 2014. Last year in 2022, we donated a little over $700,000 of hamburger to food banks, after school programs, women's shelters, anywhere that is making food available to those in need. So if you want to support the 1017 Project, you can check it out at our website, 1017project.com, all of the social medias. Uh, we've, had some, we've had some people come in on the podcast and go, hey, we heard about it. We love it. We want to support it. Let me tell you the most amazing number that we can provide. We can put a pound of hamburger, a national cost of about $5.30, $5.20, one pound of hamburger into a food bank for every dollar that comes in. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's a charity. What percent of my dollar actually goes to the cause? Because I know there are bad ones. We can take your dollar and turn it into $5.20. Bet. Check us out. You want us to prove it? We can. Check it out. 1017project.com. She can go into any situation. She's the face. So if you think Equibrand, you're more likely to think of Trisha yep. maybe than the Braze, and that's intentional. Yes. But when they walk up to Ranch Hand Solar Lighting, there may be this assumption that we're talking to the person that's filling that role for this company when in reality... You're talking to the wizard. So I get all the time, I get the question, um, so are you just a rep? All the time. And sometimes I say yes. Uh, because, sure. Because sometimes it's easier just to, you know, let the preconceived notions be the preconceived notions. Well, and, and like I said, you're going to get a different version of some people. Yes. I'd like to hope, I hope that the way that I treat 
the lowest guy on the totem pole. I would, I would hope this is true about myself. If it's not, then I'd love to know. But I hope I treat the guy that's the lowest on the totem pole the exact same as I would treat the owner of the company. Absolutely. But there are people that if that's not the case, you're going to get to see it when they think. Well, and I don't think those people even do it on purpose, though. I think it's a subconscious thing, right? I like to see the best in people, and I truly do believe that that is a subconscious thing. It's but, like a subconscious leapfrogging trying to get to where things happen. But I'm also not the person that – I didn't make a light to get famous. That's not – that wasn't the goal. Well, I don't think right? any person logically would ever try to make that connection. In my mind, I don't think that an average person would sit at home and go, okay, I want to be famous. I want to be in the, lim- no pun intended, limelight. Right. How would I get there? Oh, I know, lighting. The two seem right. at a glance to be totally unrelated. They are. And so I don't like to um, sit there and I'm the owner, I'm the owner, I'm the owner. I'm right. The, right. I don't, I don't like doing that. I'd rather listen to your story and solve your problem. Right. Right. And then later on down the road, you might just find out by happenstance. Yeah. Wait, so whoa. whether you're talking to myself, Xanthi or Steve, any of our sales staff, we are all the same person. Yeah. You will get the same information out of every single one of us. Doesn't matter which one you're talking to. We will all tell you for your 150 by 250 arena, you want between 15 and 16 lights, depending if you want one on your strip shoot or not. Right. We will all tell you that for your 50 foot round pen, you can have two 500 watt lights or you can have one 1000 watt light. Depends right. on so what the, you're going for. The information does not vary. Correct. So it doesn't matter who you're talking to. That basic information stays the same. And I don't think it should matter who that information is coming from. Right? That's that's how I believe. Well, in theory, that's the joy of the truth, right? The yeah. truth is not very person to person. In no. theory, if it's really the truth, yeah. the truth just is. And people either discover it or resist it. But and whether they want to hear it from the brunette, whether they want to hear it from the blonde, whether they want to hear it from Steve, mm-hmm. right? People like talking to different people. It's just the reality right. of the world that right. we live in. That's why so, we drive Fords and you Chevys. Know, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings when you want to talk to Steve over me. It doesn't hurt Xanthia's feelings when you want to talk to me over her. None of us care because as, as long, long as they get know the you answers. the information. Yeah. yeah. Right? Doesn't doesn't matter who you talk to. Okay. okay. So back to back to Ayla for a second because yeah. I think this, to me, to me, this is important. You're working in the warehouse. Yeah. You're learning. You're understanding the company. Yes. How long into that did you have this moment of like, I think I can... I think I can do this. I think um, this is something I can Honestly, handle. I still don't believe I can. I in all that. honesty. The imposter syndrome, yeah. Yeah, in all honesty, well, but, I still feel like I am not prepared for the world as it is. And I think that that is also a good quality to have most of the time. So it, the imposter syndrome, I know you already know this, but for people that may not, the imposter syndrome says the least qualified person will always feel the most confident because they don't understand. It's like the guy at a baseball game that's watching that doesn't really understand what it takes to throw a ball 100 miles an hour. He's going to be the guy most likely to go, just let me do it. The guy who's thrown a ball 80 miles an hour is far more qualified. He feels so intimidated because he understands how difficult it is to throw a ball 85 and this guy's throwing it 105. So the guy that feels the least confident is actually more qualified than the guy who feels the most confident. However, Mm -hmm. in most interviews and in most settings and scenarios, the guy that gets hired is the guy who presents the most confidence. Right. So you're actually hiring the wrong guy. So the imposter syndrome is a weird one. So when you say, I still don't necessarily feel qualified, what that tells me from an observer standpoint is that's probably what qualifies you because you understand the difficulty of what you're doing. You know, I still, I feel, I feel like anybody at the end of the day that says, I know what I'm doing when I'm running a business is lying through their teeth. Yeah. Right. There are challenges every day. There is something new to learn every day, whether you've been doing it for five minutes or you've been doing it for 50 years. It's the feeling, I guess, uh, uh, tell me if you think I'm right. It's almost the feeling of you're driving around a corner going 90 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You can't exactly see what's coming. You're just trusting that when you get there, you'll figure it out with that feeling of at any moment, the bridge could be out. 
or there's a car coming at you head on, right? And, and you're you're fully committed. You were fully committed to something. And at the same time, there's never that piece that like we've reached a cruising altitude. Everything's going to be fine. All the problems are, were good. Yeah. It's always that, for, for me anyway, there's always that sense of anxiety of like, if a wheel were to literally fall off, what would I do? Yeah. So... I mean, I guess really the answer to your question is I don't feel qualified. I don't think I'll ever feel qualified. So let's take that answer and let's ask it different. At what point did other people that you trusted start to speak to you as though it was imminent? This was going to be the thing that you would take over. Do you remember a change happening in the climate of the company that said, I think this is headed towards Ayla? No. But it happened. That's the honest answer. But it happened. So how how did that go from she's working in... So I, did, so I worked in the warehouse, right? And then I worked my way into the office and then, um, I worked my way to be, um, my mom's assistant. And then well, I worked she my slowly, way to taking, gradually yes. so taking they very steps back. slowly gave up control. So it wasn't so, really a moment. It no. was more of like a season. It was a, a 10 year learning process, right? It was a 10 year training. Let's train you. And I think, and I really hope that that was their goal the whole time. I mean, I, I don't know. We've never really had that conversation, but I really, really do hope that that was their goal the entire well, time. The, the Omega theory is a, is a description of starting with the end in mind. Yeah. The Omega, the Alpha being the beginning, the Omega being the end. The Omega theory says you start at the end and you begin to work your way backwards. Right. We do this with horses all the time. Yes. We, we know they want to be a team roping horse in the end, but if that's the end goal, what do they need to know today? Yes. It would be so cool to think that that's exactly the situation you didn't realize you were in. And, you know, and, and I do think that that is the situation that I was in. There's something about my parents where they just seem to, I'm going to say know what's best. Right they just the get it. Yeah. They just, they just have an idea and they know that it's going to work and then they follow through on it and it's like magic. It always just pans out. I'm so jealous of people like that. And, you know, getting to watch that and getting to learn from it and experience it. And now you talk about, you know, where I sit now and now they're retired. I can always call them. If I have how often do, how often do you less and less yeah but you know so in a sense that transition is kind of still happening yeah um but they're still my sounding board when I have a hard when I have a hard problem and I genuinely just want to pull my hair out and I'm scared um you know do you remember the last call that you made with that moment do you yes. remember what it was about yes would you talk about it or is it- I was going to prefer for the prefer pro open roping do you and- are you are you I'm gonna say this off the mic are you prefer yeah. Um, now everybody's going, what? <laughs> so you're going to Prefert. So I'm going to Prefert for the Pro Open, and I'm hoping, and there's, you know, there's nothing set in stone when I'm on my way there, and I'm hoping to all get out that I get to have a conversation with Eddie or Nate or whoever, Travis, any, anybody. Well, because. Like, Prefert, like, please just talk to well, me. Well, but just like your parents, you have this sense of what you have. You have this sense of what they have. And and I notice I notice this about successful people. Billy Bray will every now and then call me and she won't give me details. She'll just say a name and she'll go, this is who this person is. And I go, okay. And she goes, you guys need to know each other. Ready, set, go. She won't tell me why. She won't tell me how it's going to go. She just knows that like this and this kind of go together. I can't exactly say why. Ready, set, go. And she is always right. So the preferred thing, that's where Joey comes in again, right? So Joey works for preferred and Joey knew that if I could just have a conversation yeah. Maybe something good would come out of it. Because, because Prefert builds on the ground yep. things that require sight, deal with animals, Absolutely. safety is a thing. And the best in the business at it. And, and they're the best in the business. Absolutely. So when you look at everything that Prefert does and you look at what you guys do intrinsically, like from the outside looking in, you just assume like those, those go together somehow. Right. And so we get to Prefert and I'm nervous because, you know, that's a big dog. That yeah. Prefert is a big dog 
And so I did. I made a phone call and I said, hey, um, and it wasn't really about anything in particular. It was just if I get to have a conversation, can I run it past you guys when I'm done having the conversation? Yeah, and the right. answer is always yes. Always. Always yes. You got to think they like that because yeah. that keeps them sort of engaged in what's new and happening. Well, and I don't even think it's that for them. I think they just want to see success. Yeah. Right. And you don't get successful by having no help. There is no person on the face of this planet that can stand here and say, I did it on my own. Absolutely not. Amen. Anybody that does is either ungrateful or unaware or actually not successful. You had, you had help somewhere, somehow you had help. And so I did, I, you know, I got that opportunity to, Hey, you know, I have this light system. Wait, wait, wait. Walk me through, walk me through that moment. You're there. Yeah. You're not sure exactly how it's going to go. You no. hope it's going to go well. Yeah. So the point of ignition in the conversation, walk me right. through. I brought 25. Okay. So this goes back to John Johnson, right? And so John, I was bringing John Johnson lights. He was sending a truck to come pick him up at the Prefert thing. So I called John and I said, hey, is there any way I can borrow your lights while we're at the Prefert thing? I want to maybe try to light some stuff up. And being the nicest, kindest human being he is, he goes, absolutely. Yeah. You do what it is you need to do. Well, he right? believes in it. It goes yeah. back to that thing of like, this is a solution we want to share. Yeah. So we get there and then, you know. The, the um, preferred arena, that's a new facility, isn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, well, newer. Yeah. Um, the, was this the first year they had the preferred open? Second. Okay. Yeah. So they did the preferred open last year and they just had the pro and I think one other open. And then this year they did the pro and they did the WSTR. It was a so big deal. To was, me, to me yeah. it was a bigger deal this year. I don't remember hearing as oh, much just, about it last year. I think it's going to be huge. Good yeah. for them. I think it's going to be a huge And event. it's the same weekend as like the Neesmith. Justin it's the same Johnson. Danny Dietz. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it is a it's the weekend marquee. Right. Event and, in yes. that time frame, though. And Justin Johnson did a great job running it. You know, the um, Williams Cattle Co. guys did a great job of helping out. Everybody there was in it for the same reason. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So you're there. So Johnson says yes. Johnson says yes, absolutely, honey. You can take my lights and do whatever you need to do with them. He and says, I said, honey. Thank you. Oh, he's, he's from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then I get there, and Joey says, yeah. You know, and so I pull in and Justin Johnson gave us permission too, right? That was a big step. Okay. So Justin Johnson said, absolutely. Maybe we can showcase some of your lights while you're here. And I went, yeah. thank you. And then I get there and then Joey Gamble goes, yep, put them up wherever you want. So I pull in and I did that thing that you said that I'm good at, man. Yeah. Like here, like here, like you here, like here. You bird the area and you're right? like, there, there, so there, there, there. Pulling into that driveway, they have no light when you turn into where the arena is, but they have this big sign that says prefer pro roping this way. Great. Light that sign. Yeah. Porta potties on the right hand side. Great. Light the porta potty. Well, see, okay, that's what I'm saying. In a perfect world, nobody sees the light. Right. Everybody sees what the light tells them to see. Correct. Your lights are what show people this is important. Yes. This is important. So you have the ability to direct people's attention because if you put a sign up and nobody sees it, it's not a sign. Right. And so then you go down the driveway a little bit and then they have this um, gate where that has a cattle guard and it's where the contestants park if you're parking overnight, right? Um, light that sign up. And then you have the stalls at the very back. And I am so grateful that this, they gave us. This right here was, yeah. to me, was a magical I moment. You so sent me the pictures at the time. That they gave us the opportunity to light those. Um, I got to look at this picture because it's on your Instagram, right? Uh, it's on Instagram and it's on Facebook. It's on TikTok. It's on all the things. Um, I'm so thankful for that opportunity because we lit the crap out of those stalls. Well, when you look at the pictures, and I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. When you look at the pictures, it does not. To me, in these pictures, it does not look like a temporary situation. It looks like Prefert went all out to right. create a professional stall setting. So they had their, so they, those are their premier panels. 
Okay. They had those all set up there and I get down there and I went, man, we got to light this and we have to light it right. I'm looking at the right. lights over the porta potties right now. I want to make, okay. Because how many times, because how many times are people like, where are the restrooms? Yeah. But if there's a light and there's a porta potty under it, you're announcing you know. all the information. Now you're saving time from the people that are working there. So your event planners and your event hosts, hey, porta potties, we can light them up. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I'm That's looking at these stalls. The last picture on this little video, the last picture is when it's looking back towards the arena. Right. And these stalls, it looks, it looks like a park. Mm -hmm. Like like a, a well-lit park that's safe where kids could go play. Absolutely. That's what their stall situation looks like. Yeah. And that's your introduction now to Prefert. Right. So that's my introduction to Prefert. So um, I even go down there. So we light those stalls up. And Joey, Gary from Carrie Kelly Bits and Spurs, Steve and I are setting up these light kits. And we, you know, it was a total of 20 lights. And we put them up in two and a half hours. Right. And Gary, Joey, and Steve had never put a light up before. Right. So three guys that didn't know what they were doing to me. So what you're saying here, <laughs> Ayla, is that sometimes being a girl can be in an advantage because I don't remember a line of guys ever like lining up to help me volunteer. Do so there are times it can be a little bit of an advantage. <laughs> I'll help. Don't, you know it, what, little lady? I got you. It has its advantages. But, you know, <laughs> Gary with Carrie Kelly Bits and Spurs was one of my first customers. Didn't know me from a hole in the wall sitting in a parking lot in Waco selling lights beside him while he's selling bits. He wanders over and he goes, hey, I have a container, a sea container that I use for storage of whatever it is. So many people in Arizona use containers yeah. as saddle rooms and feed rooms. I want to talk about that. You have so a Arizona container yeah. that is patented. Correct. And it goes it, in that corner casting that where they hook to lift, the lift mm -hmm. points, and it just screws in there real easy, and you put our light system on it, and now you have light instantaneously. Less than $300 for that kit, and now you have light. So he buys that. So he buys that, and now since he's then, he's been my probably my number one advocate. He goes out of his way to tell everybody and anybody how great we so are. So he's over there at Mount Pleasant, and he's yeah, having he's this, like, wait till you guys see. Right. So he's helping us set up those lights. So it's the four of us. We set up the 20 lights, and like I said, about two and a half hours, and we go on our way, and I'm just praying, and I'm hoping. I hope they like them. I hope they like them. Please like them, right? Because you're back to almost deal. like how you were at the Lazy E, where yeah. you're kind of like. Please like them. This is a big deal. So then um, second day goes by. Lights are now fully charged. I take off my ranch hand gear and I wait till the sun goes down and I run down there. And there's guys in the stalls. And I'm not going to name names, but there was guys down there in the stalls. And I walk into the stall area. If you're not naming names, it's because it's names of people that we would recognize. Correct. Um, so, and I don't want to yeah, yeah. speak at a turn. So I go down there and there's, you know, a bunch of guys down in the stalls feeding their horses, watering their horses. And I walk in and I, hey, uh, what do you guys think about these lights? Are they useful? Because I want gen I want honest feedback. If those lights were not there, here's yeah. what they would have been facing. They would have been doing all those exact same things. Mm -hmm. Maybe trying to, I can't tell you how many times, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking how many times have I turned the light on on my phone, tried to put it in my pocket, right. and then done things with my hands using the light from my cell phone. That's what they would have been doing. Right. Instead. Truck headlights, whatever it is. Right. Right. So instead, in they're here at the Instead, it's lit up like the sun. And so these guys are sitting there telling me, yeah, you know, this is great. I don't know where they got them from, but last year we had to use our headlights or we had to use our phones or this is, this is great. And, uh, then one of them looks at me and goes, kind of takes a yeah. second, right? You have and your looks Clark at me, in right? the phone booth. You're takes like, it's me. Takes a second <laughs> and looks at me and goes, 
why do you ask? And I went, well, I'm in love with ranch hand solar lighting system, and I just wanted people's honest opinion. And he goes, ooh, you're sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the big but, reveal moment, the Scooby-Doo. But you're I not wanted a ghost. genuine. Yeah. Right? And then the next day, I guess word got back, and so everybody's happy with them. Well, you have to think, like, if they've put so much time and effort and money and resources into building not only an arena, yeah. but also to create an event, and they show up, and everything that they've done has been enhanced for free by someone they don't know, they're like, "What? wait, hold on. Now we want to know what. Right. And what's nice us. is, as you mentioned, you know, when we first started talking is they're portable. So yeah, those, those aren't going to be stalls year round. No, those are, those stalls are only there for that event. And then they tear them down. So guess what? Take the lights down and move on with your life. Which is exactly why people that use panels use panels. Right. It's a temporary use, but they don't want to spend the, it's the exact same thing. Anytime that you wouldn't put in a permanent fence, mm-hmm. why would you put in a permanent light? So we were lucky enough, you know, to have, so our brackets fit on the premier panels. Our brackets fit on the preferred um, utility panels. Our brackets fit on. You have a bracket for everything. Yeah, I have a bracket for, well, now I do. I didn't. I didn't have an estate fencing bracket. Okay. Okay. I now have an estate fencing bracket that fits on that estate fencing posts. What's an estate fence? Um, so there, the estate fencing is the, I, I believe it's an octagon shaped black pipe fence that Prefert manufactures. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen it, please look it up because it is gorgeous. Prefert's it's getting a lot of shout outs on this podcast, by the way. You're going to be fencing. their favorite. Really? Yeah, it's cheaper to install than pipe fencing. Okay. Word of a lie. Just as strong. Just so as now tough. you've got a bracket that goes on that. That goes on that. Um, the Prefort Ponderosa fencing, our bracket goes on that. Is it because of the gas and oil element and because you guys have already done what you've done for so long? Yeah. When you need to cast something new or create something new, mm-hmm. you just go to your people and you go, this is, this is the thing, make it fit? I have an idea. Please make it a reality. And they just take it and they come back. They got it. Done. Okay. Right. Um, but again, it's problem solving thinkers, right? To, you, to, to solve the problem, you have to know the problem. Correct. Um, I didn't know that Prefort estate fencing was a thing until, until seven you ago. went to, yeah. So I learned. And so I already had the idea before we went to Prefort that I need to have an estate fencing thing. The reality of having it manufactured in time wasn't, wasn't a thing. So, but now I have one. If you have Prefort estate fencing, I have a bracket, then go on okay. that, call the office. So where was the, again, again, where was the moment where Prefort has their moment that you were hoping they would have and they find you walk me through what that encounter was like. So we're sitting in the booth, um, in Mount Pleasant, just, you know, Steve and I are keeping to ourselves. We're doing our own thing. We're not, uh, I can see Mr. Preford. I can see Eddie. I can see Nate. I can see, you know, all those guys sitting over there and trying not to be a bother. All of me wants to go introduce myself, but I'm not going to do that. Right. And, uh, so this gentleman by the name of Chip comes over. Now Chip is in charge of outside sales. I believe his title is VP of sales or some, I'm sorry, Chip, if that's not your actual Shout out Chip, whatever you do. But you're, (laughs) you know, um, in this story, I'm getting the sense you were an important figure. Yeah. And then Alan Schwartz comes over and he's VP of inside sales. Or director of inside sales. And so, and Joey Gamble, right? Brought them both over. Shout back, out Joey again. Joey. And it feels like a lot of lo- roads lead through Joey Gamble. A lot of roads lead through <laughs> Joey. And so he, so they were really, really kind. They were very kind. Well, you've been kind at this point. Why? How would they not be? Look at what you've already just voluntarily done for them. But I've, but they allowed me to do it. Remember? Yeah. I couldn't have done it had yeah, they yeah. not said yes. Yeah. So they're just kind humans and they're both looking at it going, man, this is a great idea. And then Mr. Eddie Prefert came and talked. Did you hear like music playing in the background of uh, your mind as he walks up? You it's know? Like, you hear angels singing. You're like, it's him. No, I think I was so nervous that I didn't even, you know, it wasn't even, I just don't slur, <laughs> don't mumble, don't be articulate, speak be articulate, like a regular be articulate. human, right? And, you know, he was man, these are really neat. What a good idea. And so we had a little bit of a conversation and I, you know, if I, I just want to be able to say that it fits on Prefort 
I want to be able to say it fits on preferred estate fencing. I want to say it fits on preferred premier panels. I want it fits on preferred Ponderosa fencing. Did you get the sense panels. in this conversation? Did you get the sense that he was like, oh, wait a minute. You have been prepared for this conversation. You were ready. I thought we were just saying hi. You had a plan. No, because I waited for him to start the conversation. But no, no, no. That's what right? I'm saying. As you guys talk, yes. you think he had this yeah. moment of like, I th- oh, but, but we're all business we people, right? Make sense together, right? And that's kind of where the whole everybody trying to be one thing for the industry yeah. comes into play. And right, I'm not there to say I just want to jump on Prefer bandwagon. I can stand on my own. Prefer can stand on their own. But you put the two of us together, and maybe, and, like, it, and it is a maybe. Maybe it works well. Maybe well, it's it like doesn't. you said about the re- the relationship between two lights. That the way that two lights behave together right. is better than the way they behave on their own. And in my mind, if I'm going to go invest a lot of money into something that Prefer is creating, absolutely. The uh, the thought that I could also see what I'm doing, regardless of the time of day, that in my mind, that's peanut butter and jelly. So if I can, at the end of the day, right, if I can provide a product that somebody um, like Prefert can well, say and, confidently. And honestly, it's not even Prefert. I mean, you could go to WW. You could, anybody that's doing anything with any amount of right. darkness that needs to be able to see what they're doing, obviously the, the Prefert one, that's what we're talking about. That yeah. makes sense. But it's not, it's not limited to that. No. It is literally anybody. Anybody. And it, and it kind of goes back to um, the whole... I want to help the industry. Anybody that wants to help the industry is willing to work with somebody else to get that job done. Okay. Right. Let's take, let's take the whole industry. Let's take the dry erase board. Let's just clear it. Sure. Blank, blank space. Yeah. If I told you I'm going to be interacting with something that is potentially dangerous, machinery, animals, electricity, anything okay. that's potentially dangerous. Yeah. And I tell you that I'm going to be doing that with limited visibility. You would say, please don't. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Please don't. And yet, Every single day, kids, horses, animals, trucks, trailers, how many times, and this is not a scare tactic, but I, I, as you think of it, how many times do you hear stories, God forbid, if this has ever happened to you, I, from my bottom of my heart, apologize. This is not to, to, to be heartless or callous about this situation, but how many times do you get in a truck and you're looking around to try to make sure that the kids aren't there, or the dogs aren't there? Or, like we are dealing with potential danger every single day. Yeah. Why? Why is it? It's 2023 and we're just now having the conversation about being able to see what? <laughs> because it's always been a problem and you don't think it's a problem until you realize it doesn't have to be. Or because there wasn't an obvious solution, we just got accustomed to the risk. Right. And so, and to affordability. Yeah. Affordability right. and utility. Utility is a very important part of this too, right? Like you said, so yes, please right now light your arenas with our thousand watt fence mount systems. You will be able to do whatever it is you want to do. You can rope, you can, yep. I mean, yep, yep, yep. heck, if you want to go out and have potato sack races, you go do it, right? Well, for us, we're having the end of your football season party at our house. Every team at every age group from my son's traveling football league is coming to our house. Right. Can you imagine what that's going to do? The fact that I can, I've got an entire, basically an acre, I can kick the lights on and now our house gets less empty. Our pool area is, oh, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I'm sure people are going to be in the backyard, yeah. but now we have the option to be like, we could go do games in the arena. We can water it, drag it. That is now uh, all usable. use, all use facility. Yeah. It's a usable space. And, um, I'm sorry. I don't remember what I was saying. Well, you're saying utility, like <laughs> right, utility. cost utility. So yeah, you buy these thousand, one hundred thousand lumen lights to light your arena this summer and you might be, and chances are, chances are you, but by you doing that, you will want to use these for the rest of your life. You will, I will not never, want. I will never not have your lights. Thank Here's you. why. I can also decide where I want them to point. Yeah. 
our other lights, like I said, when I was growing up, my experience with lights was it was like a, it was like a community event center. We had team ropes and things like that. The lights were stationary. They were there forever. They never moved. And they were 50 feet in the air on a pole that I was never going to ever touch. If one went out, it was like, we have to call an electric company. They have to come out with a boom truck. Like it is a nightmare. This, if my neighbors go, Hey, that light's shining towards our house. I can go, you know what? No problem. I'm going to move that. So that it's targeting the horse I'm aiming it for. I'm keeping the that, the lights because it comes with, for people that don't know, timers. Yes. You can do dust to dawn. They automatically turn themselves on at night. Right. You can do an eight hour timer. So for me, I know that my horses need to have daylight for, for 16 hours during the winter. Yeah. So I can set the timer. They're on until a certain time of night. They kick themselves off. They're down pl- to low, not off, just down, down to keep, low. But keep yeah. themselves down to low, which once you go to low for a horse, I know people that have horses yeah. already know this, but you got to be able to read a newspaper in their stall. That's yeah. what keeps the hair off of them. Yeah. So I've got that option. 20,000 ki- lumens. It's what you need. Scientific. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's 20,000 and these 20, are a thousand. Yeah. So, no, 100,000. <laughs> this is why I need your help. I cannot tell, like, hey, sidebar, getting to go around the arena with you last night with all the buttons on that remote, because for me, my experience was, they would go to the light or they would go to dim and I didn't understand because they kind of, like you described, they sort of think on their own. Yeah. So they're, they're, so their basic default setting is a zombie brain, right? On dim. work, dim, move, right. bright, off when the sun comes up, right? So what you did yesterday as we walked through, we pushed the off. Yep. When we turn it on, yep. we push brightness up, you push the eight hour button. Yep. Now when they kick on, they kick on at dark. For eight hours at the full brightness. Right. And that's, and I think that that is actually one of our biggest challenges. And I'm really happy you brought that up. The remote is one of our biggest challenges because people expect the remote to be, and the light to be really smart. The light by default is a zombie. It's a zombie brain. It there, it does things, but it's not at full capacity. Right. Once you turn it off and back on again, now you've reset it and put its people brain in. Now it's not a zombie, zombie anymore. Brain. Now right. you're now, telling now it what Now it you can want. do things. Yeah. So always remember, please turn it off and then back on and then do whatever it is you're going to do with the remote. So those lights will, I can already tell you, those lights will go over the stalls for the show horses or the sale horses. Right. There will never be a time of year where I don't need and use something that I didn't even know existed. It is now a solution that I can never unknow. I can never, I can never not know what I know now with the lights. So this idea of walking out to a pitch black place, not being able to keep hair off my horses. Last year I rented a barn. This is a true story. I rented a, the barn across the road from me because they have a barn with a light. I had to go buy an LED light, wire it up to an extension cord, yeah. run it over there, make sure the timers were on. I had to buy a timer to put on the light so that that horse didn't grow hair. Yeah. And that was one stall. Yeah. Now, my whole place is completely usable. When we build the place we're building and we've got 12, 15, 18 horses over there and they're all going to be either show horses or sale horses. Absolutely. I've got a light over each stall. Yeah. And the indoor light, you know, it's an affordable solution to get that get that problem solved for you. And please don't think that a teeny tiny little itty bitty hole, I can't even describe to you how small this hole is. And then you just silicone around it and it's not an issue. Now, if you have brand new construction, I understand not wanting to drill through your brand new roof. I understand might not be the solution for you in that case, right? But that goes back to the, we tell you what we can do. You decide if it's what you want. Well, like you said, if you, so Arizona gets dry yes. and hot, oh. all the seals dry out, right? Right. So, but if you put, if you put silicone around there and they install in the beginning, yeah. you now don't have an electric bill. No. So here's the other thing in Arizona that happens. 
if you don't have a livable structure, if you're building and you're like, okay, we're going to build our arena in our barn first. Here's the problem. You cannot get electricity. APS will not run electricity to you until you have a dwelling. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's no, there's no electrical option. So if you are like, okay, we're building in phases. A lot of times people are down here. This is their second home or like they have a home, they have a ranch or whatever, somewhere north or somewhere else. They want to come to Arizona, but they got a living quarters. They're happy to live in their living quarters, but they cannot, they cannot get power. So they're running a generator to their trailer or they're plugging it at someone's house. How do you light your barn, your arena, your... Until you, you have a water pumped until, well, that for us, it was a generator until okay. like our, we're on a shared well, our neighbors built their house. We got power to the well, but the barn lights, if you don't have APS or power run to you, yeah. you're, you're screwed. You're, you have nothing. So That's even insane to me, so this is a solution for a lot of that phase of the build. Now you build your house, run APS out there. These lights are still functioning and still not adding to your electric bill. Even after you've got your house up, you've already got it installed. You've already got it built. These are the lights that are the solution anyway. Yeah. And you know, like you said earlier, they're, they're portable. You can move them. You can point them whichever direction you want. You can, I have guys in Colorado that have big, big, huge cattle ranches that use them on their portable pens because the pen moves, the light moves. Right? Well, how many times do you see somebody like they go to a branding and they've got their little trailer with yep. their panels and it's only going to be there for a little while yep. and you're chasing daylight, like summer months granted, but like in the spring when the days are still short Absolutely. and it does not take 50 of them. No one. If all we're doing is branding, one. But based on the relationship, you buy two. It's like if one is 10 points of light, two is 30 points of light. They work together. Yes. It, it, there's an exponential benefit. Yeah. And hey, look, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I want to know more about you. That was really what I was hoping to get to. And I feel like we talked about the lights the entire time, but I, 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 I'm <laughs> telling you, I, you please, back. please make it a point. Actually, whenever those lights come out, you want to come out, we I'm could not, just bring I'm them with you. I have to come to Wickenburg in November. Maybe we'll see. We could just drop them off. It's going to, it's going to change. I know for a fact, I, I feel like whatever digital relationship I have with people listening to this podcast, whatever I kind of know, I know this for a fact. There's, there's going to be people listening to this that go, I had no idea that, it was a solution that I could. So can achieve. I please say something to those people? Our website is not the place. So we have a great website. It is not the place to get the actual factual information because if we were to put technical specs, there are technical specs on the website. Nobody knows what that means, right? I, I didn't. You can look at it and you have no idea what a six volt. None of that makes sense. Well, especially when you have like Amazon commercials, like this is a twenty five million candle. I don't right. know what that means. Please call the office. Please talk to us. See us in person. Call me. Call Steve. Call Xanthia. Call, call anybody. Talk to us because whatever your problem is, we're going to tell you how we can help you with it. And whether you choose to use us or not, that is your call. Can't do that with a $40 Amazon light. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> because again, that is the basis. When, like I said, this, we talked about it yesterday. This podcast is a four legged beast. It is the, the consumers. It's the people who are listening right now. Right. It is you, the guest. Right. It is the sponsors, which you happen to fill both actually on that sponsors and it's myself. And when those are together, what you see is this life improvement for everybody involved. Right. And so in theory, the businesses are great, yeah. but who are the people? Who are the people that are making these businesses work? And so if I know that I'm going to buy a product from a person, absolutely. you look at how humanity has worked for thousands of years. Yeah. We have never bought from a nameless, faceless digital corporation. No. Even when you buy the $40 light off Amazon, there's still a person out there somewhere behind that product. You're just never going to meet them. They're going to, because if they're going to sell you a bad product, what they don't want is you calling and complaining. Right. So they're like, just take it. I'm out. I'm in the ether. I don't exist. I'm a ghost. You were saying the exact opposite. We are the people standing behind these products and we will talk directly to you. Yes. So the product that you're buying, you're actually buying from a person. Absolutely. Every time. 
Every time. So when someone gets this, because you said this happens, someone gets this, the first knee jerk is to call and complain and go, oh. Because you buy one, right? So you buy, I want to test it out. I want to put it in my arena. I want to, I just want to try it first. Fine. I get it. I understand you wanting to try it. Let's not kid ourselves. Seven, eight grand is a lot of money, right? That's a, that's a chunk change. So I'll buy one and t- try it out. And then I, without fail, every single time, the people that buy one will call the office and this light doesn't do. It's, there's no way it's going to light the arena. Because it's not working in relationship because with any other lights. Because it the other lights. It's a team. I, I swear I did not know this. I, I, I swear to you, I did not realize how necessary the relationship to other lights were. Yeah. If I would have, if I had known, I wouldn't even have installed them until you got here to show me how to maximize that. Instead, I just But you did up. a good job on your own. Like you did it. Well, but I offset, right? Like this fence on the right yeah. and that fence, there's a five foot difference between lights. Cause in my mind, yes. that's how you get the most coverage. What you were saying was if they were actually lined up directly across from each other, yeah. their chance of connecting and having that relationship actually increases. Improved. Yeah. yeah. Significantly improved. And I mean, we saw it when we, t- when I turned that one, kept turning that one off and you were standing in the middle of the arena, I went off on, right? Well, I asked, I asked Nighttime you, I said, why? Time. I said, why does that light make such a big difference? Because the light next to it doesn't, that light makes a big difference. You go look at the cross the arena at the other light that it's working with, yeah. that when that light and this light meet, it's got an illuminating effect. Yeah. When this light just reaches as far as it can out into the dirt, that's it. That's as far as it goes. That's how, yeah, if it's that's got a light it can work with, there's an exponential effect. Light is energy and energy plays off of each other. Positive or negative energy, it's, that's a fact of life, right? Grumpy person begets grumpy people. Happy people beget happy people. Amen. Light is the exact same thing. Energy bounces off of energy. So happy solar lights, create happy solar lights, Every create time. happy people. So yes, please, if, you're go- if you want to try the product, we do not blame you. We absolutely understand that seven dollars $8,000 is a chunk of change, and not everybody can afford that. And it, we do recommend that if you want to start small, get at least four. Yeah. Because that's going to give you a good insight into how many you're going to actually need for your application and your quality of light that you're expecting. And you can work your way up because, as we mentioned a hundred times, they take five minutes to put up. Well, 15. 15, 20 minutes to put up. And, you know, that'll give you a really good idea. Well, and I, I mean, my my recommendation for whatever it's worth, if somebody's going, well, like, if there is stadium lights coming, I'm just going to twiddle my thumbs till I get the, My point would be buy buy the thousand watt lights now because they're good. Absolutely. I'll ride them in right now. We're, we're going to ride tonight. We'll get videos of what we're going to do tonight. We are, we're up. We're functioning. We're up and running. Yeah. We're really fortunate. This is the coldest summer in maybe like the history of Arizona so far. However, when it gets to be 120, that option is out. Yeah. I've got the option either to ride at night or not ride, and we're up. We're good. However, I, as excited as I am about the stadium lights, what is exciting to me is now I've got lights that I can repurpose. I can Absolutely. put in another place. There's never going to be a time where I'm like, well, this is now outdated. No. Ever. Those lights do not get outdated. They get repurposed, and they're useful in other areas. That's, that's the goal. Well, and like, I think of like Vegas week. I know now I'm just rambling on. I, I know. I, I, I don't know if you're picking up on this. Vegas. I'm excited about Vegas week and solar lighting, but in so our Vegas house, we've week, got. So Vegas week for all those who don't know is an event that happens here. It's not really an event. It's an unspoken event that happens here in Wickenburg, Arizona. And it I just learned movement. about it yesterday. <laughs> but like for our place where we're at now on where we're our whole place, we're building something else somewhere else. But for right now where we're at, it's an acre and a quarter right. with 13 stalls. We've got all 13 stalls full. We've got four or five different rigs. We've got rigs put into our house. We've got plugins on our property. Like it is a, it is a ant bed. I walked of out movement. of your front gate yesterday and no word of a lie, just out the front gate. I could visually see eight arenas out of That's, your front gate. You're not lying. There's eight arenas from my front porch, but I think of the benefit because we've always got people trying to sneak in, sneak out. We put an exit and an entrance gate. What we're trying to do is increase the effectiveness of our space, right? Yeah. 
when I think of people being able to see where they're going, because they're always doing the same thing. They're like backing up and checking to see and then getting out and checking to see how close they are to the plugins. When I think of what lights are going to do, take the arena out of it for the function of my place. Yeah. I'm excited to see what like Vegas week this week, this year with everybody going on. It's going to be, it's going to be a completely different place because people can see where they're going. I, I hope, I hope we can make it part of the plan. And then when we go here to the jackpots, we can lope around in lights because between now and then I'm going to talk to every single arena producer about why that's without saying names, without saying locations. You and I did it yesterday. We drove around taking the tour of Wickenburg. Yes. There was not one warm up arena that has a light on it. Not a single one. Uh, one that I saw. Now, that doesn't mean there's not any in the area. We only so, went to a handful of the thousands of places that are here. So if there are lights over warm-up arenas when people come back to town this year, you can guarantee that this podcast actually accomplished something we got somewhere. You're not wrong. That, thank you. Just thank you. <laughs> thank you. This has been awesome. Ayla, I cannot wait for people to get to meet you. I'm excited about the product. I cannot, I cannot fathom somebody not listening to this and going... That's the solution I've been waiting on. Thank you. That's what I've been looking for. So it's ranchhandsolarlighting.com, or you can call the office, 979-421-9022. And we'll post, like I said, I'll, yeah. all my stuff is going to include y'all's like social media and stuff like yeah. that. And I've got videos on my Instagram. People can go look, see what the lights look like. Awesome. Ayla, thanks. Thanks, Jordan.